quiet. How are we doing? We're good. You're a uh, uh, you're a little quiet, Brayden. <clears throat> check check. Check one two. Is that better? Yeah. Yes. Yes. The arsonist has oddly shaped feet. <laughs> the human torch was denied a bank loan. All Here right. we are, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Episode 74. Snakes and Stogies. Brought to you by Puget Sound Pythons. The fine yeah. folks of the Pacific Northwest. That's right. In their probably horrible weather and uh, seasonal depression. So. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> uh, welcome back to the show, everyone. Yes, we took a, a week off from THP. Jason Keller was the first person to message me and be like, did you guys not record this week? Yeah, <laughs> like, nice. He's the first one to let me know every time. Like, Dude, <laughs> what, 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 where's the episode at? He, he would be. He would be. <laughs> yeah, die hard. And I was like, I was like we, we, you know, we had a, some, we had Graham lined up and last minute he had to, he had to back out. So I was like, we can either hunt yeah. someone down on extremely short notice or we could take the week off. I vote take the week off. <laughs> <laughs> so Phil was like, I'll just do laundry. <laughs> I don't know if it went quite like that, but that was the gist of it. I don't know. The way the way I read it and the way I interpreted it is you were fairly annoyed because you were like, now I got I'm gonna clean cages and do laundry. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> much. I mean Very this is my your, fall, your fallback. This was my excuse to procrastinate everything. <laughs> so and it's it's funny, man. Jason would be the one to message you. <laughs> Meanwhile, he he just got another Legion's Cobra. He's been sending me uh, uh, pre-coital updates, and I'm living vicariously through him. It's amazing. <laughs> he's a cool dude, man. Me and him. He's a great guy. Anyway. Yeah, dude. He's he's the jam, man. I like that guy a lot. <clears throat> Legions. Legionis. First of all, I had someone who had an important question. It was I couldn't get the strawberry flavored bang. Is the cotton? It, they're asking cotton candy or the blue raz. Oh, and I I have yet to have the cotton candy because I refuse to drink cotton candy, but blue raz. Uh, so I had the cotton candy and I actually put it over ice, and like gave it a second, and it was super good. And like I'm not even a big like cotton candy guy, but like yeah. I'm not either. It's just the birthday cake was that is just too much. Um, See, dude, I can't do birthday cake, man. It's, it's like, natural it's, flavors too. So I'm like, what are you like blending up birthday cake? Yeah. And, How does that work? I, I was surprised when you said that you liked it because a lot of people I hear don't like it. Like Bang in general, they're not a big fan of it. So oh man, dude, I'm like a crack addict at this point. Like if I don't have one, it's bad. Like I, yeah. I you can ask <laughs> Katie. Smithy has an amino acid addiction. Jeez. That's what it is. So. I didn't even know that could be a thing. Well, you're the first victim. Oh. So. <laughs> yeah. I've been I've been staring at this one in the fridge all day trying not to drink it. So I was saving it for tonight. <laughs> and all day so, I'm like, I'm not going to drink it. I'm not going to drink it. Good. Good. So before we introduce our special guest, uh, what are you smoking tonight? Something called a bone shaker. Bone shaker? That looks scandalous. What is that? Um, 
strongly handmade Nicaraguan is their little slogan. So okay, I know nothing about the blend. That was like bargain bin. I don't, you know, I don't know. Like Raj periodically gets some samples of stuff, or you know, whatever reps give them cigars, and they kind of go into this one little corner. And so I periodically, you know, this one's been sitting there for a while, so I just yeah, yeah, I'll take that. Thank you. I uh, I had a Tatiana sitting around, and like I kept moving it from like box to box, and I was like, oh man, I'm gonna smoke that Monday night. I'm gonna smoke it, and then I took a bunch of stuff out yesterday. Because uh, I was going on a boat with a buddy, and I was like, "Bring some sticks for the boat," and it must have like rolled off the bed or something. I, I don't know. I can't find it. So tonight we're going tabernacle. But this is my last one, and I'm a little bummed out because it already it already flaked on me. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. So I'm just gonna like keep my finger there the whole night, and hopefully it that sticks. That shit will buff out. Yeah, that shit will buff out. So, I'm thinking this is a Connecticut broadleaf Maduro. Oh, you googled it. Smart. Well, I I I'm, I tasted it first. Okay. And it is a Connecticut broadleaf Maduro. I was nice. It's almost like you do this for a living. Weird. Weird, right? That's it's man. Via. That's I'm I'm so anxious for them to release what that blend is from those Drew Estates that oh. I was smoking last week. Dude, I completely forgot to go to that one shop, and it's like. Oh, I guarantee you they're gone now, dude. I've had people calling from Damn all across it. the country all week trying to get their hands on one. Damn it. Full disclosure, well, you weren't really missing all that much, honestly. It was like okay. like a, a step like weirdly positioned between the Underground Maduro and a Liga number nine. Like not horrible, not great. So I'm glad it wasn't an Underground, but I'm depressed that it's not as good as a Liga. Yeah. Okay. I'll take that. Yeah. But now I'm not part of the cool kids, you know? You'll be all right. Hey, Billy's here. Billy is here. Billy motherfucking Hunt. And What's Dominique up, Dominique and, and Billy and Dan and, and Hendog? The whole gang. So, without further ado, we introduce our special guest tonight. Braden. Hello. Braden of Scaly Sights. Did I say that right? Yeah, you said that right. Yeah. I didn't even know that you had a, uh, an Instagram, I think, before today. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> forgive me. Forgive me. You're good. How else would you uh, pronounce it? Scaly Sites? Scaly Cetus. That just sounds really bad. It does. Um, but Braden hit me up a long time ago, many, many moons ago, to do Venomous Hours. And we were all on board, and he lived far away and was doing yeah. some schooling and stuff, right? And then just logistically, it just didn't pan out nice. And uh, But we stayed in touch, man. And, right. you know, Braden's done some really cool zoological stuff, so... He uh, he hit me up. What was it yesterday? This morning, yeah. Well, I well, hit you up yesterday. Yesterday yeah. into today, yeah. And uh, he was listening to the podcast because yeah. he's working midnight shift. And I was like, dude, we got to get you on the show. You know, here we go. So yeah, I, the first episode I listened to, you guys were talking. You had Billy and Eric on. And you oh, were okay. About uh, was it carpets, right? Yeah. 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 I'm we're big, just randomly bullshitting that. Yeah, that I'm not a big carpet guy, but. Uh, you guys are talking about it. I'm like, man, maybe I should be a carpet guy. This is kind of cool stuff. You should be a carpet guy. They're awesome snakes. Yeah, they're cool. I had one actually at one point, but I mean, I just knew basic husbandry. I didn't really like I wasn't into them or anything for a bit and I ended up, ended up giving it to somebody else who was really into them. So 
it worked out. But cool. You know what kind it was or no? No, I have no idea. I th- I think I have a picture of it somewhere, but I could bring it up and show you. But speaking cool. of, I have that lone male IJ. Yeah. That I got from Riley, and our our buddy Johnny Barrett. There, I'm sending it to him this week. Oh, nice. Just as a as a paying it forward thing. So I got so I got a chondro. I traded some chondros with Brian Fisher, and he sent me a, a female IJ, and he had a little thing on the written on the tub that said, you know enjoyer paid forward he sent it sent her to me for free cool and since i've had plenty of people do that for me i figured i'd do the same thing you yeah, know man. i like hooking people up johnny's been hanging out with us for a while now and uh you know he's he's a carpet nut so it is going to a good home excellent i just it's he's just kind of there like that that carpet you know i just don't you know i don't have any need for him i don't have that female anymore just i'll be honest kind of there the time i was at your house i didn't see it <laughs> so yeah. yeah yeah it's that snake well i double checked with riley and riley said it was cool so we're good nice excellent i didn't realize riley had so many freaking subscribers he's killing mm-hmm. it man. on the youtubes killing it the yes I'm old, Braden. The YouTubes. The YouTubes. The YouTubes. Hi, Katie. You like me. I do like you. <laughs> You're a wonderful human being. A fine specimen of Hobo Sapien. You're so kind. I try. I so. Are you done petting your husband? (laughs) Brayden, what is that backdrop behind you? That's actually, that's my, my wife's doing. My wife's a big artist and she was going to do a Komodo dragon over a uh, buffalo for me feeding. And she's in the process. So you can see the shadow of the one dragon. Yeah. And then the buffalo on the bottom. Yeah. That's awesome, man. I have that above that table actually right there is uh, what I kept my blue tongues in for a while. So I have that above there. Cool, man. Yeah, I'm excited for it to get done. It'll be pretty sweet. Nice. Yeah, it looks great, dude. Just from the small little window I could see. Yeah. Definitely got to show pictures when it's finished. You know? I, for sure. For sure. Yeah, she's really good. She's doing like a whole ocean. She's really into marine bio and stuff. So she's doing a big ocean thing in her art room. And cool, man. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Yep. Nice. Yep. So uh, how did you get into this stuff, bro? Just reptiles in general? Yeah. Oh, man. So I started off like I grew up central PA and I mean, reptile laws and restrictions are super loose here in PA. I mean, you could pretty much own it, whatever you want. Um, But I got into it, actually. uh, I mean, I grew up watching Austin Stevens, Steve Irwin, you know, all the great legends. And uh, I volunteered at Clyde Peeling's Reptiland for about two years during high school. And I met some people through that and they taught me a lot of stuff. And I'm like, man, this is like, this is legit. Like, I didn't know I could go this far with it. So then I just kind of took it from there. I had some corn snakes for a while and garters and stuff. And then I got into more exotic stuff. I got into my blue tongues. Um, I tried to get into vine snakes for a while. Um, I just have one right now. And uh, right now, then I got into venom when I worked at Reptilan. And then I met you, Phil. And. And I worked at that aquarium for a while too, where I 
really worked with a lot of cool stuff there too. Yeah, man, I was just like scrolling back through pictures and like they had kings, they had all kinds of. You were telling me about Siemensis and red spitters and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, and that. Did you see that blue and Solaris? Yeah, dude, that thing was stellar. Oh man, that thing was gorgeous. I love that snake. That was a nice snake. Um, but for sure, probably my favorite thing that I got to work with, um, as far as like in the zoological industry, was Komodos. Actually, a reptile land. Uh, they had a pair of Komodos, and uh, they were awesome. I mean just such impressive animals just to be able to yeah, feed them and interact with them was awesome for sure yeah that's cool were they were they friendly or no no theirs weren't <laughs> you see oh, a lot okay. of people, i was so, i was so envious of people i see online all the time like you know bear hugging their komodos just kind of chilling out with them and them hang out and ours we had to like get poles you had to do special training to keep them away from you and stuff like that especially our female uh I can tell this one story. They, they won't mind. Uh, so we were actually getting AZA accredited one year and uh, we got caught on one of our beams above our Komodo exhibit, uh, got too much humidity because it was right above the pool and the paint was actually flaking off. So they were like, Hey, if you know, just, just fix the paint and we'll pass it. Not a big deal. You know? So we went in there to fix the paint and uh, I won't mention any names, but the one guy who was the painting it, he, he and, no reptile experience whatsoever. He was just in there and uh, we were basically his bodyguards <laughs> and he had to stand up on a ladder. And uh, let's just say the ladder didn't stand up very long uh, with the Komodos running around. So he was hanging from a beam for a good while. Yeah, that was, oh, that was experience right there. Yeah. Um, I'd love to have seen that on video. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we were, we were all super nervous because we're like, man, we hope, we hope nobody's watching us right now and everything, you know, cause it's on display. I mean, they were right on yeah. display right there. So, but uh, no, it all worked out. He, we got the ladder back up and everything for him, and that's what you're trained to do. I mean, stuff like that yeah. happens sometimes. So, uh, but it was a yeah, it was a it was nerve wracking. You, you come out viral videos bullets. of a guy getting eaten from the feet up <clears throat> by oh, Komodo as he hangs from the ladder. Dude, I can't imagine that man. Like horrible. You know, like at least with a crocodile, I feel like you're gonna drown after he death rolls you. But dude, just like a Komodo, like on the beach. Yeah. Oh God! Sure. Like that's what it's like to be a rap pop, you know. You guys were talking about uh, Billy. Uh, is it Billy's Pac Man that he had? Oh yeah, yeah. The, bla the black hole. The black hole's the leg. Black yeah, right. Uh, it made me think. I'm like, can you imagine if uh, frogs were that like big enough to eat us, and yeah, just got gulped alive, and you were just sitting inside a stomach like that, and that's how you went? Well, that's dude, like cool. I think about that's this. Vanished without a trace. Yeah. Oh yeah, I think about this too. It's like. We hear like the chorus of frogs in spring, you know. Mm -hmm. Imagine if they were bigger, like prehistoric frogs, like like they were the size of you know golden retrievers or whatever. That would be so deafening, like a chorus of tree yeah. frogs the size of like Great Danes, like that would be epic. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. Frog watch would have a heart attack. It was also funny too because I just got a black hole. Uh, I got a. Uh... <laughs> Uh, Renella Marina, actually. Nice, uh, nice. And you know, I was just walking around. It was at it was at Hamburg. I walked around and I saw Florida cane toads. Uh, well, they were invasive in Florida, but you know, this. You can call them, dude. You can call them Florida canes. It's cool. Florida. Uh, but uh, I saw them there. I'm like, oh man, I'm really looking for like the larger ones. You know, I wanted something big that I could just toss in a, a mouse or something to feed. And the guy's like, oh, it's on the other side of the show. I saw a whole bunch of them. So I run to the other side of the show. 
I'm like, hey, where are these toads at? And the guy's like, oh, it's down there. So I run back to the other side of the show. I'm just like running back and forth looking for these toads that, you know, I don't exactly need, but I'd like to have. So it was, it was funny. Yeah. That's so how big is the one you got? Um, She's actually not as – she wasn't the biggest one there. The biggest one there looked kind of rough. Um, I'm trying to think about size-wise. Like, like, like a, a salad plate? No, probably only right now. She's probably only about the size of your hand stretched out. Okay. So she's still, still a big frog. But it is definitely a female. So yeah, I'm I'm assuming it'll get quite a bit bigger too as uh, the years go on. So that's cool, man. Yeah, they just don't get as big as they could in Florida. I think uh, I think it's the fact that they really have to hunt for their food more than they do in like you know northern South America. Because like, dude, some of the stuff that comes out of Suriname is just gargantuan. Right. You know, and like it makes you wonder if like those importers are just packing them full of protein dog food before they ship them out. You know, <laughs> steroids. Yeah, Duh. creatine, creatine, creatine. Bangs. They got them soaking some key lime pie bang. Just they just sprinkle amino acids on their back, just let it soak in, just let them marinate. <laughs> so you said Ranella. Do you do you, do you go by the whole Ranella thing? Okay. I don't know. Yeah. No, well, that's just the thing. Is like when I went to school. uh, my professor was super old school, so he used a bunch of old genus names. But then some of the stuff he's like, Oh, well, I like this genus name better. So then I learned uh, different names. It doesn't make any sense the way he taught it to us. It's, yeah, not, I mean, it's not consistent at all. So sometimes you'll hear me use more like of the modern genus name, and then sometimes yeah. like some of the older stuff. Um, I don't know. I just think it's funny because I was recently looking at a bunch of amphibian stuff just because I, I really don't know a lot about them. Um, and we'll, we'll get back to Johnny's question in a moment. Um, but I, I came across, you know, the whole Ranella Bufo transition breakage, whatever you yeah. call it. And it, everyone had it where it was like Ranella quotes Bufo oh, and yeah. then species. And I was like, so they can't even decide themselves. Like, what the hell? <laughs> it's funny you bring that up because the first article I read on the species was actually they – had a typo through the whole article on the species name. It was they called a Marinus the whole time, which is okay. actually Marina. So I don't know why they chose to use that root or how they got that mixed up. But then there was another study that came out where it's like, oh no, no, no. It's actually Marina. It's not Marinus. And it was just kind of funny. It was just like uh, there was a can't figure back, out these back when I used to work strictly, there was a, a, a whole thing where if you were over the age of 50, it was Marinus. And like there oh, wasn't yeah. there was like a silent S, like Marinus. Mm. And that's just like dialect, you know. Like they would still write, like guys would still write it out as Marina. Mm-hmm. Diabetes, but diabetes, right? Is this is this pretty much the same thing? But yeah, uh, Johnny Barrett wanted to know uh, what type of bedding do you use for your frog? And uh, he said he's tried to keep them in the past, but he can't deal with the smell. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. So I just do what I. So when I worked at Reptilian, they just did. Honestly, I, it's organic topsoil, and then I'll do like a cypress mulch on top. So the topsoil really holds that moisture in, and then the cypress helps with that too because they love to dig. I mean, she spends – the only part of her I see is her head really, and I mean I can see her pores on the back of her head too. But, I mean, she's mostly burned most of the time, and you want that humidity for them because they're toads, they're amphibians. Um, they don't really – once again, I mean, you can give them a lot of space because they're a big toad, but I just keep mine in a sterilite with a water dish. And right now she's under a UV bulb. She's right up there. So um, cool. Yeah, she, you ever do like, um, uh, what's the word? 
those paint roller pans. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, uh, I never have. Um, but I mean, yeah, you could like you could definitely do something like that. Yeah. Um, I just I know you talked about other on your one of your previous episodes the, the way just sometimes totes work better for stuff you know and I find that with yeah. amphibians like I keep milk frogs and mm-hmm. I just do a water bottom and with my milk frogs and then just do a screen top for ventilation and I mean I'll miss them but I don't miss them as near as much as I would like if I kept any poison dart frogs and stuff right. Justin you know how much you'd have to keep your poison dart frogs misted yeah. Oh, I, I didn't have that much of an issue as far as humidity, you know, keeping yeah. that up just because the glass top, you like when you put glass on all sides, those things, the amount of heat and, oh, yeah. and humidity those things generate just from all the bioactivity is just unbelievable. Yeah, for sure. Like it would be like upper mid to upper 70s in the house. And I mean, you temp gun that tank or you put a thermometer in there and you're looking at like the mid 80s, like just. Mm-hmm. With with that's just with the LED on it, you know LED light. Your uh, when you kept poison dart frogs, what was your ambient temp in your room that you kept them in? Uh, it varied. So I had one tank that was in the living room. I had two tanks in the bedroom, and then I had two or three tanks in the snake room. And I like to keep the house cooler. I don't like being hot, and so. I have the fan on usually in our room at night and it would, I mean, in winter you'd be getting into the sixties and okay. I was keeping Luca Mellis and, uh, ran Vanzellini in there and they did fine. They're, they really are tough animals. There's a couple yeah. species that are, that are way more delicate, but most of the stuff on the market, like currently for that's available is, is going to be damn near bulletproof. Yeah. Yeah. Those Lucas are tough for sure. They're little tanks and those you could actually keep a little drier. Yeah. Those experience more seasonal moisture. Ranatomea vanzellini. That's one, my, that's one of my favorite species, man. Those things are awesome. I just love saying it like it's a Harry Potter spell. <laughs> I uh, we uh, the one facility I worked with, they kept a whole assortment of species together because I mean it was a zoo, right? So I mean we had a poison dart frog tank, and we had these little tricolors. And with the like these uh Azurius and this giant mm-hmm. galact, right? And yep. you see this big galact in there hopping around with these little tricolors and they didn't care. They were just hopping around, they could care less that this giant frog's in there with them. And oh man, I love to listen to them call in the morning. Yeah. I mean, we would just get so many tricolor tadpoles too from them. It was crazy. They just they're like rabbits. They just kept breeding and breeding. Yeah, yeah, that's how it was in my Vitatus. It got to the point where I was trying to use them as feeders for the baby cyania with that first clutch. Yeah. And I had zero luck. Yep. I also so, go ahead, Phil. No, what were you saying? Uh I was just thinking it made me think of uh this kind of relates to you a bit more, Phil. Uh the cohab of poison dart frogs and eyelash vipers. I worked with one of those one time too. It, Dude, that always blows my mind because I feel like that's just perfect viper food, but they probably know they're poisonous. <laughs> you know? There's yeah, there's some once again, good stories. I don't know. I probably should tell on here, but <laughs> uh the uh it was tough, but the worst part is tough to clean something like that, you know, because you have a venom protocol and then you're having all these little frogs trying to jump out the back door while you're trying to clean them out. Oh yeah wasn't practical at all i did not like that setup yeah i'd just be letting if the frog takes a stroll let him take a stroll like if i got something in there that's yeah. that's 
it's toxic, you know, whether it's a eyelash viper or something more serious. It's like I mean, it was to the point because I mean, find you in a few minutes. It was bioactive, so mm-hmm. I mean, it was to the point where we just would kind of let stuff go until we noticed the eyelash was in a point like towards the corner or something that was out of our way that we could go in with tongs and clean some certain like mm-hmm. stuff out. But how big was the enclosure? Um, it was probably, yeah, I think this was about two years ago. So it was probably about four feet deep and at least six foot tall. Um, wow. That's awesome. Yeah, it was big. I mean, it was big. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, the one that I got to work with was a nice big yellow, uh, eyelash. It was, it was gorgeous. Cool, man. Ryan Cox says, Ooh, milk frogs. And I completely agree with him. I freaking love those little black and white bastards. Um, are yours handy? Can you show them off or no? Yeah, I, I can show them. Well, I don't have mine right. Well, I can run down the and grab nah, them. Right nah, don't worry about it. Don't worry. All right, they're they're downstairs. Uh, my downstairs is a bit cooler than my upstairs, obviously. So I keep them downstairs. But uh, my, I only have two adults right now, which sucks because ideally I wanted to have like eight. And right. Yeah. I have an enclosure for eight uh, because the more males you have the more they're going to compete and then the more you're going to get breeding and that's what you want. But the, uh, actually my buddy who bred poison dart frogs for a long time is the one who was like, man, you got to get into milk frogs. Like they're going to be a big thing. Like they're super hardy. People like them. I mean, you can get, they're adorable. Yeah. You can get like anybody to come up and like, Ooh, milk frogs. And you know, like you said, um, so I got them. I have four teeny tiny ones about the size of my thumbnail. And I assume, like, you know, maybe a few of them would die, but they're all doing super good. Like, they're chunky, and they're hopping around, and I'm like, dang, this might actually work. So, hopefully, I'll get them bigger here and can put them yeah. with my adults in the future. But And then they eat their smaller ones. They're cannibalistic, right? Yeah, like, a lot of the time. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, once again, kind of stinks because I can't throw my little ones in with my adults right now. Yeah. So they do they um do they deposit eggs in water or do they do like the the dart frog thing? Yeah. So actually, uh, another display I got to work with, which was really cool, was um, Suriname toads and milk frog uh, cohab. Cool. Uh, toads in the bottom, milk frogs obviously up in the trees. Um, and those we only had about four or five milk frogs in that exhibit, and they actually put them in the toads water dish. Uh, their eggs and what i mean when a milk frogs have eggs you're talking like a few thousand uh, yeah you know a whole bunch so we ended up actually getting them all to do pretty well but then we had to take care of thousands of tadpoles i mean some of them are going to die off after a while but um it all worked out actually i think a lot of it because it was an aquarium too so a lot of them kind of ended up being feeders yeah. Yeah. Why not? You know. Yeah, man. If it works, right? I mean, we, I mean, the facility was at the point right now. We didn't really need a thousand frog froglets. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, that's like, uh, do do you do the or do they do the thing where uh, it's like spiderlings, where you keep them together and let them just eat each other, and then the, the biggest, healthiest ones are obviously established. Yeah. So um, we did that. Uh, Definitely, just because, like you said, the ones that tended to be cannibalistic were the healthier ones, and you they'd also usually mature more quickly. The, yeah, 
and we kept them together and they did that really um, easy way to weed out the the runts so oh for sure yeah they'll pick on the the weaker ones and it works out it was funny because we did well we had them for a while and we did have one that we could tell was like the runt right he was the one that wasn't munching on his brothers and sisters right and uh it was funny because he was just holding strong like he made it all, like all the way through and he turned into a nice. rock, and we just couldn't believe it well like it's one of those things you walk in and you expect it to be like you know next morning oh he's not gonna make it yeah but he's still hanging on and he did it was, it was cool see i i get all sentimental in that scenario and i'm like man that little guy nobody's messed with him like i feel like he he beat the odds. I want to just like take him out, separate him, give him his own, give him his yeah. own like little XO, you know. <laughs> it was meant to be. It was meant to be, man. Yeah. Oh. So, uh, <laughs> Justin, those Rios, do you have those now? No, I was gonna talk to you because I'm looking one, and I, uh, I don't yet. Uh, Reed was was our buddy who has them. He was wanting to put some more weight on them before I, I got my hands on them. So. Yeah. I mean, I was telling Phil, I just met a breeder up here. I actually met him through, uh, classifieds is how I met mm-hmm. him. And, uh, he has a whole bunch of heloderma and he was telling me, I mean, he was sending me pictures of helas he had. I think he ended up actually wholesaling a lot of them before the Hamburg show, because obviously that's when people are going to buy them. Um, I don't know what I'd have to email him to see what all he has now, though. Um, but he really wanted me to get a bunch of Gila's from him. And I'm, I'm like, I can't drop nine hundred dollars every month on a Gila monster. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm anxious to get them. You know, I'm yeah, hoping within the within the the next month or so that maybe I'll I'll have my hands on them and I'm gonna keep them in a like the Christmas tree tubs for now until I can get, uh, get in contact with Sean about building something, mm-hmm. you know, so. did you, uh, did you get the Christmas tree tubs yet or no? No, Reed has some. Oh, okay. I'm just, I'm going to borrow for the time being. So yeah, the, um, cause I, I got a Christmas tree tub for when I was trying to pair up the false waters many moons ago. And, uh, dude, I went, I went like shopping for Christmas tree tubs cause they're so big. Yeah, you know what I mean, and like they have that flex to them, and I was trying to find one that was more rigid, but still light enough that I could move it myself. Because let's face it, I'm short. You know, I'm, I'm five, 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 six in a good day. So now I've got a, a tub that's literally as tall as I am, and I wound up getting one that had wheels. And I was like, oh, it's got wheels. Like this is fantastic. I'll just you know, like a suitcase. I'll just roll it, not realizing that the lid that it had barely sat on top and like mm-hmm. the clasps were like these wispy little flippy floppy clasps so uh, i still have it that i basically just use as like a catch-all for crap but i think in the future uh, like next year when we do the Gila monsters again i'm gonna get something much better that's why i was gonna pick your brain Justin. excuse me and see if uh what you'd found or what reed gives you well i also had those um one of those 200 quart tubs that I have the Python portals on. Yeah. And I've thought about using those, but that glass is too thin on those doors. I feel like those healers will A scratch the living hell out of it and B it probably wouldn't take much for them to bust right through it. Yeah, but they're not gonna break the glass itself. They're just gonna pop the I mean you drilled it in, right? Or is it glued? 
no i mean the frame itself is drilled in but the it's legitimate glass it's like quarter inch not even actually eighth inch uh glass so it's it's pretty thin and i feel like if they just put enough weight on it it probably would would just shatter you know it's not meant to to be super heavy duty but i don't know but you gotta remember they're not they're not like striking it like a rattlesnake or a viper right but they do move around and they do attempt to climb on things and i would be more concerned with them pushing it and the whole thing popping out because no, the track, the track's uh, 3D printed, right? The corners are. The brackets are. The, tr- okay. the actual track itself, it's all screwed in through the inside. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, we're talking like minimum of five screws on each side. Okay. Like into the actual frame. So okay. that's, I'm not worried about that. It's just the, the glass breaking is my, my thing. So, okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, even then, like those aren't, without seeing those beaded yet firsthand and knowing exactly what size we're, we're dealing with that I feel like those would probably be a little small. Like it might work. It would work temporarily. Definitely wouldn't be a long-term solution, but I, I, the Christmas tree tubs I think would work better. Yes. Yeah. Cause there's more space, you know, more, more, they can move around a little more. Yeah. Johnny says that Owen's snakes broke through his glass twice. Yeah, he had, a, he had a retic get out or something. But was that a Python portal or was that like a vision? No, it was like a, I guess a, I don't know if what brand it was specifically or if it was something he built, but yeah, I think it was either as a Oliver retic broke out like twice and broke the glass both times. Okay. Yeah, but it didn't break the glass from hitting it. It broke the glass yeah, from, no, from Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. But you know what I do have with these? I could totally fit some Ackies in one of those things. You could. That you could. There were some nice ones at Hamburg this past Saturday. I was looking at. Well, our buddy Alan Stevens over there in California keeps trying to pawn some off onto me. And I want some, but at the same time, it's like, I don't know if I want to deal with bugs and UV and lizards and stuff again. Ah, there he is. There he is. (laughs) Look at that. It's like Beetlejuice. Yep. That's hilarious. Oh, man. So you're going to pull the trigger or what? I don't know yet. I want to, but space. Think about it this way. You could just get more heliderms. That is true. (laughs) That is very true. They're like spicy little hot dogs, bro. (laughs) See, I don't know. I think that's the thing is I have to kind of plan ahead because I got to bring over the last hatchling rack that my dad still has because I got that corn clutch. I got that Baird's clutch. I'm probably going to pair up the cyanide again soon. And then the corn and that Baird's are going to get paired up again in the next couple of weeks. Once I get them sort of beefed back up and get some more calcium in them. So space is going to be tight. Yeah. So I don't know. I'd like stuff that requires a, a lot of space or more space than, um, I sort of want to commit to currently and then I don't I don't know but it's the constant battle so Billy says that Ron Allen used Christmas tree tubs for a lot of large colubrids with a lot of success that doesn't surprise me but here's my question though does he have a python portal type window or is he just stacking them and he has to take them all down and pop the lids off because I feel like that would be I know there's there's companies that have made racks they're massive but people have done it yeah okay okay 
Interesting. I don't know. You'd have to almost, it would have to be like landscape rather than deep. Like it would yeah. have to be width. Cause yeah, it, have to, it would have to be width. Like, not things depth. are like what? Five feet at least. At least. Yeah. Like you could fit in one. We could, we could lock your ass up in one and ship you somewhere. Yeah, probably. I'll keep you in a Christmas tree tub. Gee, so thanks. It's funny. Uh, you said your height. Cause I forgot how short you were actually. <laughs> thanks man thanks i remember this guy he's like yeah man i'm gonna come down i was like all right cool we'll meet, we'll meet you at the at the shop and then i get there and i'm like what's up man <laughs> uh and uh gendra says that the ackies is all burke's fault because he broke the mold he's like oh i'm a snake guy i don't have lizards and then wham well the thing is monitors. like I've always had an interest in, like, I like monitors a lot. I just don't have the space or the time for monitors. It's the same reason I don't have a parrot. Like, I love parrots. Parrots are really cool. But I know that I just don't have the time to socialize it the way it should be. And I'm not going to be that asshole that just keeps a parrot in the corner with the cage covered, like, six days a week in total darkness and just lets it go insane in the corner. Um, <laughs> but... I, like Aki's are different because you know they're smaller. They're they're man. They don't require so much space. And right, even right. like mangroves for me, or that's a bit big. Like that's a bit large. Uh, yeah, and it's just finding what works, you know, for your living situation. So yeah, but, and I feel like Aki's at least if you got them two or three times a week, you know, like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you could reach in, grab both of them, hold both of them in one hand, and just sit there and just play with them on the couch. While you watch TV for like twenty. Well, Hector minutes. would probably investigate. He will throw his ass on the ground, you know. But it's different now too because we have Alan the Enabler Stevens sending me pictures constantly of baby Ackies he's hatching out and saying, "Dude, this one could be yours. This one might be yours. Like, right. I can send you this one. What's your address?" Oh, and I'm like, look at, the, "Look at the colors. Look at how spiky this one is." <laughs> I don't know. They are cool though. I I wouldn't mind. At least trying them, like get take trying my hand at them. I don't, I don't know. It's one of those things. Like you do your spring cleaning where you have a whole bunch of animals where you're like, how did I end up with you? And then you go and thin out on that stuff to focus on what you actually want to really put work into. And then over the course of the next four years, you do the same thing where you start accumulating all these random pairs and like single animals, and you end up thinning them out again. So. <laughs> Johnny wants just, to know how your knobs are doing. Uh, they're good. They don't want to make coitus <laughs> at all. I, I I had to have done something wrong this year because like they just won't pair. And like I check them and I leave them alone and I hear like man dump 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 and I'm like what are you doing in there and I open it and they're both like it was him, you know. So. uh <clears throat> I gotta, I gotta, you intrude during my private moments. Right, exactly. But dude, it's so like the 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 threat display, or the de, excuse me, the defense display that the female does to the male when she's not ready mm. is so cool, man. And like watching them like flag each other with their tails, like it's super cool. But I'm having very bad luck pairing this year. So whatever. We had, we had Dr. Julander on many 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 moons ago and he's i don't know for some reason i'm like afraid of him i don't know why he's he just super nice me. he is a super nice guy but for whatever reason i'm like like mclovin and super bad when he's that chick in the hallway 
He's like, hey. He's like, oh, it's 2.30. And then turns around and walks away. I told her what time it was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess I should probably get around that because he's going to be in Texas. Yeah. And make for an awkward car ride. Uh, but I would like to do another um, another Nobtail episode for sure because I think the only one we've done so far is with Phil. And it is actually like the third most listened to episode, oh. believe it or not. Somehow. Somehow. So it's I like not me, so it's like me downloading it over and over again of myself. I, you know, <laughs> I had a feeling. <laughs> Thousands of times. Uh, I want to get what's that? I like when like uh when I first met you and I'm like, oh man, this this is guy's gonna teach me venom and everything like that. Like and then I saw you with all like the guns and stuff. I'm like, man, he's like legit, you know, badass and all this. And then I look and you got a knob tilt Instagram page and all these cute little gecko pictures on there and stuff. And I'm like, inside he's like a six year old girl, you know, with his gecko. Jesus. Just like, look, man, all I want to do is drink, smoke, and cuddle. That's it. Drink, smoke, is it is that too much to ask all for? At the same time. Uh well, yeah. <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> so I experienced none of that at Carpet Fest when we shared a tent. So Yeah, because you went to bed at like ten o'clock. I'm old and I get tired. <laughs> we were exhausted, bro. What a trip that was. I was, man. Uh. Oh but what else oh. are you keeping? So you we got that beaded recently yep i got the milks um tokays are a project that are actually doing pretty good for me right now um i love them man i I love them so much like uh, a lot of people are like why why would you keep tokays and i got so much awesome i got like so many like backhands to the face two years ago when i first started to keep them they're like why would you keep tokays like you can't handle them you know and most of them wild caught but, I mean, if you pay attention to the sites at all, I mean, now it kind of worked out. I mean, you were buying tokays at shows for 15 20 bucks. At least that's what I was doing. And I would just treat the ones I could treat for parasites, and they'd make it. And now they're breeding, and I'm selling my babies for, like, 70 bucks. So Nice, nice. I mean, it, it works out. But, I mean, at first I kind of struggled with them just because – Ideally, like it's fun to keep them all together because they do very well as a colony. I mean, having yeah. multiple females and a male. Um, but when you're serious about breeding them and getting eggs, you just can't do it because the females will just knock each other's eggs off the wall um, all the time. And I was running into that issue, which is kind of annoying because I've seen facilities and I've worked at places where they had multiple females and it worked out. And I was doing the exact same thing, but my females just did not like each other for some reason. So I have to separate them all out now. I have all these exoteras and stuff. And yeah. Miguel's <laughs> Net- see. Netflix and Phil. Yeah. Well, uh, so my girlfriend is in here and she just said, drink, smoke, and cuddle, eh? Question mark. And then Billy says, yes. And Johnny says, back off. I call dibs. <laughs> This is a rowdy bunch. Oh. Nice. People ask, ask why you smell like cigarettes and gin. 
Gotta drink my pine needles, baby. So what kind yeah, of tokens? Just regulars or what? Yeah, I just have regulars. Um, you know, that's one thing that's kind of been on my mind a lot lately and kind of bothering me. It's all the morphs people are seeing. Pokeko genus is underrated. Yeah. Yep. But like all the all the morphs uh, people are claiming to have and stuff. And I there obviously there are. Like you can obviously see like there's some really cool stuff out there, like the powder blues and everything. But I feel like a lot of people are taking it too far uh, to the point where they – I see a picture of a wild gecko, and they're like, what morph is this? Oh, this is this morph, pet something, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. You That's how it is with hog noses now. Like, right. you, someone posts a picture of a normal hog nose, they're like, oh, what's it head for? It's like, And that just drives me, like, up the wall just because I'm like, man, it's just a wild – it's just, like, it's a wild-caught toke gecko. Like, it's – like, I don't want to burst your bubble or anything, but it's like, uh, <laughs> It's not oh, that's like, that's literally probably the like the one herp in the world that just creeps me out or two case. Yeah, it was they give funny. Me the willies, man. They give me the willies. I don't. I had one. It was super loud. I never wanted to touch it or go near it because it would just flail and like do circles around the tank, and it just I'd nah. It's funny the female with uh, eggs right now. Uh, she's in a like a she's in a three by four by 18 inch well 18 inch deep enclosure so it's big and she's all by herself because i don't want anything to mess with her eggs and i'll uh i have her covered up because she stresses out a lot and i don't want to stress her out when she's supposed to be laying on eggs and i'll lift up the cover just to check on her and see how the eggs are doing and you just hear right when you open it up because she just she hates any interaction whatsoever um and it's funny because when I first got a pair, actually, uh, Phil, do you know uh, so Wild Cargo Pets there in Palm Beach? Yes. Yes, I, I got do. my first pair from that guy. Actually. Really? Yes. A Wild Cop pair. I was going to say that may very well be a Palm Beach County toke. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it, they definitely were. <laughs> and like the, uh, um, my brother actually, uh, I was living with him in the moment. And we were moving them from a different enclosure, and I'm like, "Hey, why don't you uh, why don't you grab them for me? You know, I'm, I'll finish setting up the enclosure and just bring them over, and we'll put them in." It took him like a good two hours to finally, you know, <laughs> figure it out. I mean, you just see him like go in, and then he like freaks out and jumps oh, because the geckos are like, wah, wah, and yelling at him. And, yeah, that is pretty cool though. Like when, because I'm usually awake at in the middle of the night. To hear my male call to my females, that's pretty awesome. I like yeah. hearing that. It's pretty cool. The, uh, there used to be a guy who worked at Underground, and then he he wanted to open up his own shop. Um, so he chose a spot, great location, about 30, 40 minutes north of where Underground's retail store was. And he was because he was friends with Underground, you know, uh, he got the go-ahead like, hey, I want to clone your store. You know, we're friends, we're family. Let's, let's help each other out. You know, I'll send people to you. You send people to me, that kind of thing. And the owner of Underground actually sent me up there for a couple of weeks to basically get the ball rolling with him. You know, uh, he didn't have any staff or anything, so um, I was basically like contracted to help him build this pet shop. And uh, he had a bunch of animals that he he started buying stuff before the store was even a thing. So he had a bunch of tokes. A lot of them were South Florida tokes, and uh, which, by the way, who forever is listening, they are not running rampant. They're like in a few key little pockets. Yeah. It's not like it's not like a, the new invasive going to take over the world. They're, they're token hippos. Come on, people. So 
Ban them. I'm standing there and I was cleaning something and I was making the Mr. Miyagi motion, you know, with my arm and I had my elbow in the air and all of a sudden I just feel this pinch like that, like a tightness on my elbow. And I turn, I look, cause I thought his name was Nick. I thought Nick was messing with me and he's like, not anywhere near me. And I'm like, what is this? And I look and he's sitting behind the counter laughing like a little child. I'm like, what's going on? And all of a sudden I felt all four feet latch onto my forearm so he had taken a diesel toke gecko and just stuck it on my elbow like bit onto my elbow because it's 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 the skin you don't have me feeling there i couldn't feel it so like i'm bleeding on the floor and i have this thing like you know velcro to my arm and i'm like what is this he's like you got to get it off bro you got to get it off of you and i was i'm like no what why did you do this it was horrible so uh, I wound up, you know, you leave them alone and they'll let go, right? So I just didn't touch him. That gecko hung onto my elbow oh, yeah. for like 48 minutes. Yeah. Just hanging there. And you know, they do like that dead planking thing where their arms go limp and they just hang by their mouth. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, hung on my elbow for like 45, 48 minutes. Crazy. The the eye sink, the eyes, the way they sink in when they bite down. That's also something that just is like when I see that you're just like he's using every almost every muscle in his skull yeah. like going towards every that fiber of their being yeah. every fiber of their being. But I usually and, just uh, you can pour water on them when they do that usually, and usually they pop off if you pour water. Really, yeah. just normal like like pour water waterboard them. Yeah, yeah. yeah get pretty- my, I usually get my mister and just kind of spray it in the room and they pop. Interesting. Off. You can't so bite me if you're you, gasping for air. When yeah. you were. <laughs> <laughs> Braden, when you were down in, in my neck of the woods, did you ever catch a wild tokay or no? I didn't. Honestly, my herping experience when I was in school down there was not as good as I dreamed. When I was in Pennsylvania in high school and I knew I was going to go to college in Florida, I was like, man, I'm going to catch berms and veils and it's going to be awesome. And then I went down there and I was happy if I saw a snake <laughs> honestly yeah. um yeah. because i was new to the area i didn't know you know i didn't know where to go i mean we talked a little bit about some spots and i finally eventually figured it out just took hours of looking and f- look at spots on google maps and ed maps and stuff yeah. but i've never seen a toke down in florida uh in the wild uh i did catch a veiled chameleon i was actually volunteering f- with the fwc um, and they sent a group of people down to look for them. And, uh, I found one while we were doing that. A nice, what, uh, what city that was, that was actually probably down towards your way, Phil. I, I don't think it was too far from Boca. Um, Interesting. I don't know the exact stretch that it was on because okay. you know, there's just so many. And once again, I wasn't too familiar with the area. Yeah. Back then, yeah. So, um, I just kind of rode along and we found it and, I was bummed because I really wanted to keep it, but for, I guess, professional reasons, they had to euthanize them and stuff when they find them. Stupid. I was like, well, I mean, I just want to keep it. (laughs) Yeah, like, you're going to kill it anyway. I might as well keep it. Yeah. It's not like I'm going to re-release it or anything. Right. Exactly. (laughs) It would be the point of that. Yeah. It's not like it wasn't born in the wild already. What did I say out loud? Sorry. Um, (laughs) But I've actually, I have friends that know exactly where tokes are. Awesome. But they say it's stupid because unless you want to go just to physically see it with your eyes, mm-hmm. you'll never catch them because 
they're on apartment buildings and they're like 60 70 feet up oh wow so like uh, like even if you had permission to get on like that residence balcony on like the fifth floor or sixth floor of the apartment building you st- how are you gonna get it you'd have to get like a pool skimmer or something you know or like a, a really, I use really to catch the turkey because i use a pool skimmer i use a little little like fishnet from walmart for an aquarium and i have it bent so that the the net is at an angle like the mouth of the net's at an angle and i just press it up against the wall and then i just go and like touch them uh, and they jump in and then i yeah smart That's okay the uh i saw just a post on a page that i'm in the other day um actually it was somewhere in the carolinas somebody had a whole colony of tokays on the side of of a house really and i'm like I don't know how and he he explained it a little bit as in like he knew who's like they belong to but for whatever reason they are doing okay outside there i mean yeah i mean down here on the coast i think it's totally doable i don't know what they do during the winter but i mean those turkey kiss geckos show up every when you know they disappear for the cold months and then i see them just recently started seeing them out on the building at work so they go somewhere yeah that's pretty cool there's an AC, like a window unit for their, there's because there's like an Airbnb upstairs between us and the bakery that we share a building with. And I'm sure they, they probably huddle around that somewhere because those get pretty, pretty warm. So who knows? Yeah, I, uh, I wish this is going to sound horrible. As much as I dislike the fact that we have invasive species and I realize that it is an ecological problem. I'm kind of annoyed that the invasives aren't terrestrial. Like everything's arboreal. Everything's gotta be so damn hard to catch. I know. <laughs> like that's my problem. I'm short. I'm fat. Like I'm not climbing up that friggin' wall. <laughs> you know. But like I have friends that that uh, that there's some uh, communities down in like South Fort Lauderdale where people back in the 70s or 80s they let standing eye go. Like it was just pest control. Yeah. You know? And like if you're gonna have pest control, you might as well have pretty pest control. You know. And like I hear that there's all these standing eye everywhere, and I was like, man, I want to go catch some of them. You know, like there's Garandas in, in the Keys. You know, why oh, not I go check them out too. Down there too? Oh, they do phenomenal, and they're gorgeous. They're bright neon green with red dots. Oh, awesome! But yeah, I just did a, uh, I actually did a YouTube video on Tokays just recently, and that nice. was really fun. it was good. Uh, I would. I kind of went on a rant about there's actually two different species of tokays. And really? Yeah, pe- people. It's real confusing because I try to figure out exactly wh- like which one we're getting a lot, what we got in the states, you know. And the articles just don't make any sense. Like I looked at multiple different journals and research on the species and their behaviors and taxonomy, and like they it's like almost it doesn't add up because they have one species being geographically found in this certain area right um but then they have another species that is more widespread but they claim that it looks a lot they look a lot different um like the one is more darker coloration gray uh doesn't have the orange spots or duller spots um and Obviously, that's not the one we have here. I mean, we have the powder blue, orange dot, red dot, toke gecko. And yeah, it's just kind of confusing because 
you would think we'd have the one that would stretch geographically uh, and more diverse, especially on to like the island countries, you know, where we get a lot of imports from. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I think they were a little confused and I tried to explain it in the video. Uh, I can't even remember the name of the specific. I mean, they would be subspecies, I guess, right? Because they're gecko gecko. Is right. Species, but uh, I can't even remember the two subspecies names. Um, but I thought that was those are I. Yeah. But is it is it so much that they're found in the same area, or is it a, a regional thing? Like you only find you know one subspecies on this particular archipelago, and the rest of them is all Indonesia. Well, like so, let me put it this way: so there is the species that we have in captivity in the United States. Uh, I believe, obviously, they are in parts of Thailand. You find them in parts of India, even. Uh, they go in parts of Nepal as well. So you can, I mean, you can really find them all over Asia, pretty much, as long as it's humid and hot. I mean, that's where they're at. Uh, but there was one species. So, like, this subspecies is specifically uh, found in parts of india and that's it just parts of india and it's like they had it backwards though because they um and this is why i hate common names for one reason because they called them the red spotted tokay geckos um and the other ones they described were the white spotted and i'm like well if there's only two um and we have the red spotted then you have your geography either messed up or you switched the names by accident because it doesn't really make any sense to say they're only found in parts of India when we're getting them imported from multiple right. other countries, you know? Right. Um, so, yeah, it was a little confusing. And uh, that was one problem I ran into when I was making my video uh, because the video is on a whole bunch of different things relating to tokays. And I just was like, man, I never even knew this was a, a thing. And there's actually a problem with, with yeah. whatever's going on. I mean, somebody's going to clear it out eventually as they become more popular but um it's just like i mean anything else i guess there's a lot of yeah yeah i mean taxonomy is always it's it's fluid you know it's always changing and shifting and you know even whether we're we're still around when it happens or if it's you know however many thousands of years from now you know it's always always changing and swat hat fly swat that fly Swat that fly one. This is I'm uh, from the time when rat snakes were still a laugh. A, eh? I have a lot of catching up to do with all these hybrids and new species popping up. Yes, a lot has changed. It has. <laughs> Took me what three years now to break old habits. <laughs> Pantherophus, Pantherophus, Pantherophus. And I don't know if you saw that, Phil. Yeah, I did not. Just found you guys, big herp guy. Oh, that's cool. Stenosaurus, love it. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, I was, uh, uh, my girlfriend was talking about going down to uh, Key Biscayne to do some, you know, nature walks and nature trails and stuff. And I didn't really realize that Key Biscayne had that much natural area. So, you know, I went on iNaturalist. We were driving the car. I went on iNaturalist and I was like, man, that place is chock full of Stenosaur. Like three or four different species, man. It's crazy. It's just Miami spiny tails. <laughs> so, oh, those are cool. What? The spiny tail iguanas? Oh yeah, dude, they're savages too. Razor teeth. 
The uh, so, have you ever tried to rear up one of your baby tokes? What's up, Mike? Like you mean just like raise it without the parents? Yeah, like like raise one up and like handle it and get it like acclimated to humans and. Yeah, so I was that was my goal. My goal is I wanted to advertise that I'm selling uh, handleable toke geckos, yeah, hand raised, right? Like Cresties, pretty much. Uh, and it's funny because actually the mail that I got, uh, the original mail that I got down in Florida, he's actually at the point now where I just scoop him up like a Cresty. He doesn't even do anything. He's That's like awesome. Super chill, laid back. I don't know what it was. Honestly, I think it's because I put him with so many different females and. He got all those hormones out, I think, but maybe uh, he, uh, I don't know. He, he's super good now. And the babies I had were good too. I mean, obviously they're tiny and small and they're hard to handle, but by the time I sold most of them, I mean, they're not full grown. They're pretty little, but by the time I sold most of them and they just sit right on your hand and there for a while, actually, the first babies I had, I actually had to separate from the parents because I had multiple females in an enclosure at the time, and I didn't know which female the babies belonged to. So if the wrong female caught the babies at the right time, well, they'd yeah. do food. So I had to take them out, and then I actually just hand-raised them and I had to force-feed them for a while, and that was fun, um, <laughs> I was assuming. But uh, they ended up being super tame, yeah. Nice. There was a, a girl who used to go into Underground's retail store and uh, she was a high school girl and uh, she would come in. What's Scott saying? Some bloody psychotic bastard things. Give me oxyurinus any day. <laughs> I love you, Scott. That's awesome. Oh, God. <laughs> I heard him say that in my mind. Yeah, like, I, heard his, I heard his, in his voice. voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. But there was this girl who used to come in Underground and uh, she was just this normal high school girl and she'd come in and she'd always get like six small crickets. And one day we asked her, we're like, what are you feeding? She's like, my toke gecko. I was like, oh, well, you're only getting six of them at a time. She goes, well, yeah, he's tiny. And she goes like this. And the thing was just sitting on her shoulder. It was like this big. What? And, and she, that's just what she did. She found an egg from one of her, I guess she bought an import, gecko as a pet it was a female it laid one egg she incubated it like on a windowsill or something it hatched and then she just started playing with it like not realizing that it was destined to be a lunatic right. you know <laughs> and uh and it got to the point where she would literally just put it on her shoulder and it would just sit there sometimes it would like sit on her neck for like warmth you know and she would come in underground she'd get her crickets and she would be like hey guys look and, like she'd like pet it and like so eventually when it got bigger, it was like holdable. Like we would, we would pass it around and dude, it was the coolest thing ever. But like, I never had the faith to try that. I mean, honestly, I think one reason I like them so much is just there is because of their size. I mean, my male, he is, I see, I mean, leeches. I mean, he, he's bigger than a lot of leeches. I see at shows sometimes, you know? Um, and it's just, it's really cool just to have him, in the video actually that I made on YouTube, uh, I had him sitting on my hand through a lot of the video and he just, like I said, he would hang out. I mean, he takes up most of my hand and they're just really impressive animals and he doesn't even get fired down or anything. He stays blue and orange and yeah, yeah. for sure. It definitely seems like it's sort of a trust thing. Like once they realize, or I guess associate mm -hmm. you and food, then they kind of realize, okay, this giant ape isn't, uh, isn't here to kill me. It's just here to, Hold me or feed me. Right. 
I think getting them there is probably difficult, but yeah. you'll, see, you'll see so many obese ones. It's not even funny. Yeah. It's crazy. See, this is what I want. I just want a powder blue. Oh yeah. Like that's it's one of my dream geckos. Yeah, dude. I want a I want a baby powder blue. And like I regret not buying them when they were more readily available because now they're so expensive. I like that one. That's a good one. That's it. Yeah, even that, like I <laughs> that I've seen that situation. It's not just fun. dangling. Yep. Yeah. Old spready like old just hanging. Just <laughs> yeah. Oh, look, there's a there's a day gecko there just hanging out. Yep. With, with the two Ks. Huh. Yeah, Mike Toff did a article in one of the early issues of the magazine about tokays, and I was surprised that they had there was like a, a parental care aspect to the eggs and stuff oh, where yeah. like mom would actually protect them, which I mean it's not surprising at all with those just given their you know their personalities in general. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I thought that was really neat, and I'm sure it's probably a, a sight to be seen when you got a pissed off mama toke who yeah. fully oh, yeah. knows what you're trying to do and isn't gonna let you do it. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think it's awesome because like a lot of like, and they kind of are, they're like little monsters, right? I mean, we think like the little Godzillas that can crawl on walls and here they have like this parenting capability to them. I don't know. It makes them seem a little bit more nurturing, I guess, but yeah. um, it's kind of neat. You look how tiny that is, man. That's adorable. Yeah. I'm, none of my babies ever gaped at me like that before, which is really, this is surprising because they do do that a lot. Brayden, what species is this? Huh. That's the Nitty baby. Nitticanus, Gecko Nitticanus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, here's another good one. Oh, look at the eyes sunken in. Yeah. Uh. Uh -huh. <clears throat> How much cool. do those powder blues go for now, Phil? I th last I checked, I think like uh, captive bred babies were like 1100 bucks. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Is it? Am I going crazy and thinking that the morph craze with those isn't oh, nearly what it used to be? It, it's way hyped up, in my opinion. I think. Like, I feel yeah. like in the states, it used to be a pretty big thing, and now it seems more like it's it's more popular over in the Asian hobby. Yeah, but I'm not paying too much attention to tokes anyway. So, the I get there's a guy actually in the Philippines who has a whole bunch of cool morphs, and I've talked to him on several occasions, and. He's just real depressed because he wants to share them with the U.S. because he wants people to buy all his morphs, mm -hmm. and he like the shipping is just so difficult. Like nobody wants to, to pay the money to have him bring them over. And yeah, I don't know. He didn't. He has yet to find anybody. So didn't Chris just send some geckos to like North South Korea? North Korea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, he did. He did. It's like there's. It's crazy. I remember I, maybe it was you, Phil, that was talking about it. But like you'd have these dudes from China come to daytona drop oh, yeah. thousands of dollars that's crazy and then just hop on their plane and go back and get it all shipped to them it's just yeah to, well like all right so do that it used to be where if you paid i don't know if this is still the case but if you paid two hundred dollars for your ticket to daytona that granted you a vendor badge without a table and you could get in on Friday when all the vendors were setting up or even Thursday night on some of the vendors. And there would be this little, you know, little Japanese guy, you know, five foot two. And he'd have on his Gucci glasses and he'd have a fanny pack. And then he would have an entourage. It's just loaded with cash. And it's literally loaded with cash. And he would go over and be like, oh, you breed Pac-Man frogs. 
wow, you have some very pretty Pac-Man frogs. Um, how much for the whole table? And, they'd be like, and I what? want the actual table too. I don't want just the, the animals. Like, give me the hole. table. Yeah, and then he would he would just pull out you know fifty thousand dollars in cash and throw on the table. Meanwhile, not realizing that every guy in the entourage also had a fanny pack. So and that that's just what the mo was. And then these people they'd put a sign up, be like, "Sorry, we sold out." You know, that's it. Um, you don't really see that too much anymore, I think, because the internet kind of aids in that. And not to mention, you know, you have things like uh, uh, Zelle and and you know, Cash App and whatever else. I'm sure people are less uh, or more apprehensive to carry around, you know, four hundred thousand dollars in cash to a reptile show. Ooh, I see you had a Melanota at some point. Do you still have Melanota? Uh, no. Frowny face. Yeah, frowny face. Frowny I'm face. still waiting on Phil to get me some, to find Probably me some. can assume that's what happened in that situation. Uh, if I really did come up with Melanota, would you buy them? Yeah. Would it matter where they came from? I mean, they have to be legal. You know what I mean. <laughs> if I got you some fresh out of the bush... Parasite infested, desperately yep. needed a drink. You'd buy yep. them. I will. Okay. That's what I did. <laughs> cool. Duly Smaller the better. Okay. Because I have my giant 10 pound reptile and amphibian medicine and surgery book now. Yes, you do. So I could kill somebody with that thing. If I hit them with it hard enough, they'd be dead. Like that book is the biggest book. I've ever owned. And I had the Harry Potter books. How many pages is it? It's got to be a couple thousand. Let me see. Well, why don't you get the book and flip to the last page? I'm going to go on Amazon and look at the page count. How about that? Oh, man. Okay. Hey, Phil, what's the uh, what's the regs on field collecting Ophisaurus from uh, like the, the eastern glass lizard down in Florida? I don't think there is any. There isn't any. Yeah, I, I would believe you because I saw a whole bunch at Hamburg, and I was, it struck my my attention. Yeah, I don't. I don't think there is any. Um, uh, <clears throat> there's. I don't remember exactly which one's which, but there's a Florida endemic or like a southeastern endemic one, mm -hmm. and that is only protected in wildlife areas. So, like, if you have one in your in your yard, fair game. And then the one that's the entire eastern seaboard. Uh, as long as it's not on federal property, I think you're good to go. Gotcha. You mean somebody, somebody correct me if I'm wrong. You know? Right. Yeah, I have one actually. And oh, cool. When I was in Hamburg, I saw a bunch more, and I'm like, "Ooh, that would be fun." You know, get a nice big tank, make it super deep, put some oh, yeah. burrows in it, and just have them go to town. But I mean, did the uh, the ones that you saw in Ham uh, were they did they have broken tails? Were they field collected? Like, what was the story? I, I would imagine – so I assume they were field collected uh, just because I've never seen them at ham until just this past show. Yeah. Um, you rarely see really, that. Yeah, they were in really good shape. Cool, man. Like, as far as tails and everything go. Yeah. Um, yeah Casey and I found one last week. Yeah? Yeah, that was uh, – and do that thing. Normally, you pick them up and they're like, don't move, don't move, don't move. Okay, go. And then they just haul ass. Right. This thing just sat there and let us hold them, you know? Yeah. 
mine's pretty good. I have him. He's tongue feeding right now, actually. So that's fun. Oh, cool, man. Pull my little tongues out and he'll like jump out of the ground and grab it and go back under. Nice. Did, um, did your, does yours have the stripes in the face or no? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I think I have a good picture of him on my Instagram. I don't know how to bring that up. If you, um, if you send me the picture on Facebook messenger, I can throw it up with Justin. That book is 1,537 pages long and it is 9.6 pounds. Hell yeah. <laughs> 10 pounds of pure knowledge. Legit. Knowledge is power, especially when you're going to bludgeon someone with it. Yeah, man, I was actually uh, talking to Casey about that uh, because Casey had never found a glass lizard before, and he was super excited, which that that's – I'll say it once, I'll say it again. That's one of the most rewarding things about herping is when you're with someone or people and they've never seen something in the wild, or better yet, they've never seen one in person, and you get to bring them to the spot and show that to them and see their face and see their reaction. Like, that's so friggin' rewarding, you know? Um and like it just it, it it builds the appreciation back up for you because like how many times yeah. have I seen a glass lizard? I'm like, oh, glass lizard, cool, you know. All right, go on, slither away, little buddy. But then you see someone else, they're like, oh my god, it's a glass lizard. That's just so cool. And then like, don't don't break it, don't don't break the glass, you know. Yeah. Um, but I was asking Casey about this. Is that you know in Southeast Asia and Australia they've got you know pygopods, right? So. Yeah. Are glass lizards considered pygopods, or is that still separate? I don't, I'm not sure. I would. I'm not sure. I looked into their taxonomy for and their just their history for a bit, just because a lot of rumors about them being related to skinks obviously are a big thing too, right? Yeah. And then when they're legless lizards, so then the question comes about like, well, where do they meet snakes as well? So you have skinks and snakes, right? But I mean, from what I was learned and what i found is you know snakes are probably more closely related to varanids than probably other groups of lizards i guess um at least that's what i found but i don't know maybe it changed um and but yeah i, I think they are actually because we have some species of like in skinkoitis that barely have any legs or don't have any legs so i think they uh, they have them separated, but I think you probably could group them together too, depending on who you were. You know. Yeah. The um, I was just looking up too. Uh, we used to get in the um, I'm gonna butcher this name. Supotus, Sudopus, Sudop, Sudop. I'm gonna Google it. Hold on. The giant ones that come out of Central Asia. Not the European ones. Yeah, it's it's the giant European ones, but the ones we used to get used to come out of like Azerbaijan or uh, or okay. Turkmenistan. I think were like the really big ones. Are they still look very similar though. Yeah, they they, they look like a, a it, honestly, it's like a skink head with a giant glass lizard body, and they have that lateral ventral line thing that goes down the side. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let me see if I can get a good picture of this for the viewers. I found my picture as well. 
Oh, cool. So, why don't you send me yours first? It's pretty cool that you're doing stuff with vine snakes, though, too. Yeah, I love my vine snake. And actually, I got my vine. I got two from Strictly. Um, and they were both doing really well. Uh, the one just, I don't know, out of the blue, just I found in the bottom. And that really sucked. But my this guy that I have, he's actually right behind me in that tall enclosure. Um, he's not that big yet, but he's doing great. Dude, him. look at the color on yours, man. Yeah. yeah. Next time I find one, because I see I saw a pretty good bit around my place last year, like more than I've probably ever seen. And they have a really nice, like deepish green with a little bit of a bluishness to it too. So if I can hunt one down and, and take some pictures of it, I'll send it to you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's awesome. I like him a lot. And the their tongue coloration, once again, and looking at their tongue reminds me of like a blue tongue skink. They have that really small blackish blue colored tongue. Um there's a little bit of pink in it, but yeah. Nice. They're really cool. They're very cool. Scott is yelling at me about my phonetics. Yeah. Uh, Shellopolisk. Shellopolisk. What is that in regards to, though? Um, and then, and Fuma. I actually have a local kid who is trying to breed in Fuma. He has a two toed, I believe, but I don't know where he's at in terms of timeline of if or when he's going to produce stuff huh. um butterflies no but redheaded's all the time <laughs> yeah, um, yeah martin county and northern palm beach county have probably the best population of redheads or spider-mans whatever you want to call them mm -hmm. um yeah so have you ever kept any of those phil no man no they're they're not my cup of tea I caught I caught a redhead when because I, I lived in Martin County because I was in Stewart right um, and I caught a redhead and I kept it for two days and was like this is torture and basically <laughs> it somehow escaped I don't know how they're, they're Houdini man yeah no that's just yeah. give it back to nature but oh, so uh, Scott's saying that the Shellopolisk is the European glass let me show you what I was talking about hold on a minute. Mm -hmm. uh, the ones I was talking about, these were, and I might have the wrong species, but I could have sworn these were uh, Uzbekistan and Turkmenistan. And these things were diesel. You can see that this person's holding it. Yeah, you see, I've taken, but then again, they look a lot like the Europeans. Maybe I took care of one of the Europeans. I yeah, like see, that. look, they're calling it European glass lizard, too. Yeah. That's what I always thought they were. Yeah, me too. But. Dude, that's awesome, though. But they're pretty hardy. The ones we had, at least. I mean, I've seen were, them at shows yeah. a lot. Yeah. They're cool. It's so, like, alien looking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Needs to decide what kind of animal it wants to be and <laughs> stick with it. Right? Make up its mind. Ooh, my dad uncovered their pool. Yeah. So the Nerodia trap is set. Nice. And I know Thomas has been wanting some more. So if I happen to, we almost always end up with some babies in there in the skimmer box. So I'll snag them. I'm not too familiar with, uh, since we're talking about things without legs, uh, the Sicilians, but uh, Hamburg, I saw some. 
actually. Oh, nice. I, I was kind of surprised. I don't know. I don't know what the vendor was or who he was because I've never seen him there before. Uh, well, I lied. I saw him the last two times actually, but, and he had them. But I saw them, and I'm like, I wouldn't even know where to begin on their husbandry because I just I never thought about wanting to keep them before. I'd imagine it'd be pretty difficult. The if SWAT that fly asked, what did glass lizards eat? I'm assuming he's talking about the ones we have here. Uh, anything they can catch, mostly insects. Yeah. I mean, you feed yours crickets. I have dubias. I have dubia oh, cool. quality. Yeah. With the number of wolf spiders we have here, I'll bet you they they got a freaking buffet every night, man. Like you just you put a flashlight on the ground and it's just little eyes everywhere. Yeah, Scott says worm specialists in some cases. And I just looked up, you know, Scott was saying it's the southern Russian name for those European uh, glass lizards. And yeah, I found it uh Sheltopulisk. Sheltopulisk. Yeah. Vodka. Right. Vodka. Vodka. I don't so know. Wasn't Dom looking for Sicilians or she was? And she found I was them like, that's the most random really, thing. They were really expensive from what I got. I gathered. feel like they're probably a giant pain in the ass to keep. Yeah. I would think so too. I mean, I think of it as uh Phil, we talked about coral snake husbandry there for that was a while ago. Um, but I mean, similar, but on top of that, it's an amphibian yet, too. So, you gotta, yeah, right, you gotta yeah. figure out that substrate, yeah. dude. I still need to make my coral snake ant farm one day. I think that depends. For me, it depends on the species. So someone asked uh, or swat that fly. Said, what do you like to use for your bedding? Depends on the species. So like my boiga, I keep on puppy pads or paper towel just because they're not big diggers or anything like that. But like my corns and my bear's rats, they will, if I just put paper towel on there, they'll flip that water bowl in a heartbeat. Like I feel like they flood it on purpose just because they know that I have to come in and change it. So I keep them on Aspen. Most of my, like, like you said, depends on species. Uh, I fall pretty much under two categories. So if it's subtropical or tropical, I usually use the organic topsoil with some type of mulch on top. Um, if it's more arid, like my Aatrox, I just, I have gravel in there. I don't even really have sand or anything else in there. Just gravel and put some rocks and branches and stuff for them. But really, those are the only two I really use. I mean, I, uh, I use a hodgepodge of everything. I have aspen bedding for some of the, you know, North American colubrids. Um, I love jungle mix. Jungle mix is awesome. Um, it's expensive, but uh, as long as you keep it fairly moist, it will not only it'll hold humidity, but what will happen is the bottom layers. I mix it with calcium sand, and depending on what I'm trying to do, um, like some of the girdle tail lizards, I'll. I'll do 50-50 calc sand and jungle mix. And over time from flooding the cage, it'll compact itself and compact itself and compact itself. Mm -hmm. So it'll be super dense and allowed for burrowing. But then when you hydrate it, it the water retains on top, like on the surface, it almost makes like its own meniscus, which I think is super cool. So I use a lot of jungle mix, paper towels, you know, all sorts of stuff. I will say for my 
glass lizard, I had to mix sand just so I could get that yeah. density. You know? Yeah. And I mean, I, I don't think I've ever found one in the wild that wasn't sandy soil. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. For sure. <clears throat> the, um, I, uh, I reached out to uh, Johan from African Snakebite Institute because I wanted to get some high-def, high-resolution photographs of some of the ecosystems in the Eastern Cape and KwaZulu-Natal for the Rinkals. And uh, he actually is like, I, I'm going to put you in touch with another guy for photos, and I'm going to try and get real photos of like where they're from to do as a backdrop, like an adhesive backdrop on the inside of the enclosure. Um, <clears throat> so the next step will be figuring out what kind of substrate, and then I got fake uh, rubber uh, spear point grass. So I'm going to do that, you know, fake spear point grass in some places until I start to see if I can grow some real spear point or like buy some real, real spear point. There's, um, <laughs> there's an intersection in town that's by railroad tracks and the median is all spear point grass. So I may just like sneak out there at like two in the morning and just like rip some out, you know? <clears throat> do it. So, but I, I got to figure out what, substrate i'm going to use for them because i it, it's not so much i mean they're super hardy in terms of like sand or dirt or whatever they really don't give a shit but mm -hmm. i want it to look correct you know what i'm saying it's more for the aesthetics for me per se so i would assume something like that would probably work well with like a, a higher sand content sort of substrate that has good drainage so it's not sitting in soggy yeah soggy yeah. sub yeah, and what I'm going to do is because uh, I'm doing uh, their three foot display visions. So they're vision cages, but they're two feet tall, two feet deep, and three feet wide. Um, and then the, the the recess for the hood where you put like your lamps is the entire back of the enclosure. Uh, so what I think I'm going to do is a friend of mine's dad works for a, plexi a plexiglass company. So I'm going to have him steal me some scrap that's going to be like four inches tall by three feet wide. And I'm just going to bend that and put that in the front of the vision cage. Cause there's no substrate dam in the vision cage. Uh -huh. There's like an inch and a half. Yeah. So I think if I do that and then I may do, I may just do like bioactive without actually making it bioactive. I may just do like a thin layer of bio balls mm -hmm. and then some screen and then my soil on top or sand on top. Mm -hmm. I haven't really decided yet. My, uh, I've been <laughs> trying to figure out what I, I have, a. Uh nice pair of clarecus um and i'm trying to figure out what i want to do with them just because they they are a pretty dry species when it comes to arboreal vipers you know you got to keep them mm -hmm. pretty dry um but at the same time they love drinking rainwater so it's hard to get that balance of you know let's keep you dry but at the same time we got to miss you because you like to stay hydrated you like to yeah. drink all that water so i'm thinking of going something like maybe trying to grow like a tall grass in there and uh, I have a bunch of PVC pipe that I was thinking about just kind of running across, covering it up, putting some epoxy on it and making it look like branches. So it looks like they're actually in a bush because, I mean, bush vipers, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, right. Um, but, uh, yeah, right now they're just like, I mean, they're doing good and everything, but I, I would like to get them something a little bit more. What uh, What enclosure are they in? Well, my adults right now, they're in an exoterra. They're in like one of the largest exoterras I think you can get. It's, okay. I'm, I'm looking at it right now to get a rough estimate. It's at least, I think it's a 36 tall. Okay. Oh, wow. And, and it is a, 
It looks bigger. Than, it's it's an 18 inch deep. Yeah, it looks like 18 inch deep and around two feet across. Nice. So. I was gonna say, man, I I keep my squams on just straight jungle mix, mm -hmm. and very very rarely. I mean, maybe like once every six to eight months, mm -hmm. I'll completely change the substrate because I only have like two inches of substrate in there, and when they poo, you know, by the time I find it, it's usually dried up, and I can kind of just like just scrape the surface, you know, um, and I have a ton of leaf litter in there too, and that stuff when it dries out, it just gets so dense that. I can mist and mist and mist and mist and mist and it'll just sit on the surface and then slowly just seep in. So mm -hmm. you may just want to try jungle mix, man. With that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I saw that, uh, the comment there. Yeah. I should probably, I should get a, I have them on a mist King right now. Um, but I, sh I need to get a timer for the mist King. So then it missed at night. So then they could drink in the morning. That would probably be really good. Um, but I need to get around to do that. I would sure. kill for some Athers, man. Yeah, I was I was waiting to talk about the Chlorecas because I know Justin's an Athers junkie. So I get a lot of, I get a lot of for that though too. They're like, oh poor man squams. I'm like, I don't care. They're a green. Dude, guy. no, no, no. Whatever. It's totally different. I totally think the opposite. Different. Complete opposite. Dude, squams are a dime a dozen these days, with the exception yeah. of like with the exception of some of the German lines and like the stuff that Alexander is putting out, because dude, Alexander is killing yeah. it with them squams. Mm -hmm. With the exception of it, those line type stuff, dude, they're, they're a dime a dozen these days. Right. Yeah. Nobody's really got Chlorecus. Right. And there's times like where guys will post their squams and they'll be like, oh, you know, like not the best looking one, but you know, and I look at it, I'm just like, I don't know what you're talking about. That snake's gorgeous. Like, I love that snake. Like, I think it looks great. But you guys, uh, I uh, watched the episode where you mentioned the Hispita mm -hmm. and Phil that used to have them. And I saw them, and the moment I saw them, I'm like, they are too cool to keep. Like, there's no way because oh, man. they really look awesome. Where did you see them? I saw. Well, I first discovered them a long, long time ago. Well, for me, it was a long time ago. I guess it's probably. I mean, I think I've been in the hobby for six, seven years, so probably about five years ago. Okay. I looked them up and I found them. Um, oh, I thought you meant you saw them like at a table. No, I oh, I, okay. I found them just kind of looking at articles and stuff and. I saw a picture of them and I didn't think they were real at first. And then I looked into them more and I'm like, man, I'd love to find somebody that keeps them. But like you guys said in the video, I'd imagine they're super tough to keep. Yeah, it was, um, I set them up exactly like swams, but I was lucky, you know, we didn't have, you know, there's so much snail and escargot stuff nowadays that like, I know Ryan Reed has a friend who has them and I know he feeds them uh, escargot from like the Asian food markets and stuff. And, you know, ZooMed has like a can of snails that's in like snail juice that people feed to like caiman lizards. I know people have gotten some decent success at that. I was working strictly at the time and we just had thousands of, of North American green tree frogs. Mm. So I would literally grab a green tree frog alive by the hind legs on hemostats and just wiggle it there and the snake would grab it. So Scott wants to know if this AI and NITCI are gone effectively. I don't think so. Um, no, I, mean, a, I think yeah. that that whole genus is a lot like Boiga in the sense that it's so much more popular over in Europe than it is over here. Yeah. You know, and I know there's like there's not a ton of I don't even know if anyone's keeping to say I here 
in the states, but I know like there are a handful of people that have Nishii, and I mean, yes, yeah. that's, that's my favorite species of snake bar none is, is Nishii. Like that last uh, that last Kenyan shipment that we got oof, ten years ago when I got my ashes, uh, there was a bunch of Nishii that came in adults, and I know a lot of people had them, and I, I have a, I have a firm believing that there is a bunch of keepers in the U S that have them and they've either been unsuccessful or they're just holding back stuff and just right. keeping it private, you know, because it is so niche. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, look at Serratophora. I mean, those used to be a diamond dozen too. And now I don't even remember the last time that I've seen some of those for sale and runway like, I don't think anybody's ever had those in the States at all. Well, it's Maybe like a, some, somebody, I can't remember who it was now. Somebody was lurking on like an old Instagram post I did or something of two like two squams I had in a cage, and they were like, "Dude, that's Rungwansis," or no, you know what it was? It was I'm sorry, yeah, it was it was Rungwansis, and I was like, "No, man, that's a such and such squam." He's like, "No, man, look," and I remember that that came in that same time we got all them to say I. I remember that I picture. Like, yeah, that's the wrong part of Africa, brother. So, who knows? They're all gone now. And Scott, Scott's got me all messed up, man, because now I started looking at like New Guinea death adders, and I, I put some feelers <laughs> out to some friends because then uh, Henry sent me some pictures of some um, – they're, they're not on Papua proper. They're barrier islands, I guess, east of Lesser Sunda, which, is, I mean, it's not much more east. You know, It's kind of as far east as you can go. But, dude, they're white. They're like a like – a, like a, 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 a very pale gray color with very pale gray markings and spots. So uh, I'm going to, I put some feelers out to a couple buddies and I'll try my luck with that. Cause that would be super cool. Get some death, some white deathies from Indo. White death. The white, the white death. So with the vines, are you feeding those lizards? Yeah, so I have actually. I'm lucky. There's a local shop here that sells anoles, so I've been doing that. Uh, I've tried so many times to get them over to Pinkies. Um, there's yeah, actually, think. there's actually uh, the facility I used to work at when I first got mine. They got theirs on Pinkies, but theirs were adults that they got mm-hmm. on. I mean, it's all they're so movement based when they're hunting, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, most snakes, it's a sense of smell that gets them. But for them, it's like, if it's moving, I'm going to target in on it, and that's what I'm going to hit. And you can see that, but I just can't get the pinky to move with my tongs the way it w- likes, and it just doesn't work out. And yeah. it. But, I don't know. I'd love to get some of those and some of the, like the Langaha. Um, you know, that, that nipper, our buddy Nipper in the UK has, and he feeds his lizards just because like that's what they're built to run on. And I would like to get some. I just, we have a ton of animals here and, um, you know, turkeys, geckos and stuff, but it's the off season and the colder months that I worry about with that and being able to find them. And because a lot of those are also higher metabolism species that need to eat a little more frequently than, you know, any of the chondros or brettles do. So, yeah, for sure. I mean, like, I'm my little guy right now. There was a point I was spending 10 bucks a week to feed them. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it kind of adds up after a while, you know? Um, right now I'm, I can get away with skipping a week, you know, maybe, and I can give him pretty big lizards. Mm-hmm. And he's doing all right. I just fed him. I did. I fed him like three or four days ago. So 
I mean, right now he has a big bulge in his belly because they're so thin. It's funny. Also, when they and stretch that makes their... me go ahead. Go ahead. When they stretch their scales out, like after they eat, um, with that lump and their scales, they have that scale separation. They look ten. They look so cool. Uh, the scale separation on them looks really cool. They have like that white underneath and yeah. black. Looks neat. Yeah, they're cool. I like I said, it's just the availability. You know, it's like, do I really want to go through the headaches of having to hunt down that kind of stuff? And but then again, like dart frogs, you know, you get a group of atatus. I wonder if if they would eat. Mm-hmm. You know, some yeah. Even if you just had a handful, like throw four in there at a time. You know, if they'd eat them or not. A lot of people said they were successful with fish, which I I've tried. Heard that too. I tried on multiple occasions and it did not work out. I think that's probably more with like the South American species of vines, mm-hmm. not so much the Asians. Um, just because I'm going off my experience there, like I've never had an Asian vine snake even look at the fish when they're swimming around or moving or anything. Um, but I have seen people get it to work and it looked like to be the South American species that I was working mm-hmm. with. But I'd love to find a wild uh oh I forget the genus. Shoot. In Arizona. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My wife's from Arizona, so next time I'm down there I'll have to look some more. But they're super cool. So you have how many chlorecas? Is it just the pair? I have, I have four. Oh, okay. Uh, I have two juveniles and then an adult pair. And my female is looking pretty big, so I'm hoping she's going to pop here soon. Nice. Um, but we'll see. Time will tell. They're always uh, snuggling up with each other. I've never actually seen them lock, which is kind of frustrating. But I like to assume while I'm sleeping at some point, they probably locked <laughs> up. and uh, Maybe. Maybe he did the deed for me. But. Yes, Bill. That is the trick for starting rhino rats. And then Brad asked if you've tried African software pinkies. I haven't. I don't know. I mean, I can, I guess. I, I can't get, I I mean, can get them. Weirder things have worked. I mean, chondro right. babies eat, you know, chick scented pinkies and like yeah. birds don't constitute much of their diet even as adults. So whatever you know it works my problem is is i've tried Ooh, that's sexy that's awesome i've ooh. tried what were you tong- saying i said my thing is i've tried tong feeding like frozen thawed uh and knolls before right because you think if you take them live after a while he tong feed them but mm-hmm. he, he doesn't like those tongs i mean once again i think it has to do with his eyesight he sees the tongs and he knows that they're pretty foreign to him and he just doesn't want to hang around what you got to I mean, do is you got to do like our friend Matt most and, and either get black hemostats and try that, or you can take liquid, uh, liquid latex and paint, you know, paint those hemostats black right. or brown and just go about it that way. Yeah. I didn't think about that. Uh, you know, Scott Iper says there's a lot of new species of, speaking of, uh, Ancathophis, a lot of new species, um, in Indo. And uh, this was actually, Henry sent me this. This is one of his Indo friends found that. And dude, that is a white lathus. Yeah. Some Asian Micheli. Dude, it's Asian Micheli. And then, of course, nothing. I mean, the, the white's pretty awesome, but nothing beats a blue lathus. Mm-hmm. Look at that thing. Mm-hmm. Dude, that's awesome. It's all right. 
blue squams. That's what it reminds me of. Yeah, very similar. Yeah, Death I'll Adders agree. will never be as cool as Athras. Oh, for oh sure. no, I, I would agree with that. I gotta stop hanging out with our boreal guys. I like our boreal stuff. You have you have like a perp obsession. I do, but they're they're I I don't know. <laughs> See, Phil, I was the same way as you because I uh, a lot of my mentoring was through a guy who kept a boreals, and I wanted to be different, right? So I'm like, ah, you know, boreals, you know, let me get into lapids and all this other stuff. But he uh, he really grew on me. Once I got this clarecus, I'm just like, dang, I like these things a lot, and uh, they're fun to keep. But I still miss my lapids, all my cobras. They were they were really fun. So Scott says that 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 blue deathy that I just threw up there is actually Antarcticus, which is interesting. Okay, so there you go. So apparently the photos that Henry got sent are not the guys. Interesting, very interesting. Hmm. Henry needs to get his get his contacts in check, <laughs> or. Or the first picture was his friend at Indo, and the second picture was Henry going, look at this cool snake. And I mistakenly misread it. it could, That's that entirely could be possible. That is entirely possible. I've also learned that Henry will send me pictures, and then hours later I'll get them, completely out of context. <laughs> <laughs> so who, who the hell knows what that was? Yeah, and Scott says the, the whitish one is Lavis. So that's cool. That's what I want. I want that white one, that gray white. That's awesome. Yeah. Imagine that just creeping through the leaf litter. It looks so unnatural. I think. I don't know. Yeah, I like it though. Like who dropped the snake off here in the middle of nowhere? <laughs> yeah, right. It's it's it, it's like the white McGregor eye, you know. Yeah. The cryptozoological marvel. <laughs> right. So are you planning to get more Atheris at some point? Like, are you wanting to get more into that genus? Yeah, I'll probably stick with Clarecus, um, just because I can increase my chances of pairing things up and everything and see what works. Um, and like we just talked about, like I thought about getting squams, but I feel like I go, I mean, I go to Hamburg, I see a table full of squams. So I'm, oh, just I'm sure. Like, I don't really want to contribute to that. I don't think it's needed. Uh, but most Clarecus I've seen now are they're still wild. They're imports. They're wild caught. So it'd be cool to. Man, the last time I was at the Columbia show, which has been a couple years now, they, there was a table that had some of the nicest Clarecus I've ever seen. Just yeah. really nice. Because you know how they get those little like yellow dashes down the back that alternate kind of some of them? Yeah. These ones had like the, the really nice thick ones. It was, they were just, they were killer, man. They were really good looking snakes. Actually, my <clears throat> first intro to them was uh, a girl that I worked with at Reptilian. She, uh, she had a squam and a clarecus, and her clarecus was from a breeder uh, in PA. I don't know his name at all. I probably should figure out who it was. Um, but she ended up giving me her clarecus, but she couldn't part with her squam. So she ended up keeping that. And he is my best looking one by far. But he's also my most picky eater out of the four of them. You of know, course. the three wild caught ones just destroy everything I throw in front of them. Whereas the one that was captured bread, of course, is the hard one. But he's yeah. doing good. I mean, I still get him to eat. It just takes me another 
15 minutes to convince them. Um, then also when I was still a noob to them, I didn't understand their color transition as juveniles, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, neither did the guy I got it one from. I saw this red chlorecus and it was this little one. And he said it was red for a while. And I'm like, whoa, that's like really cool. You know, like one of a kind of sneak. I ended up getting it and it's starting to transition. But if you look at my cover photo on my Facebook page, I think it is. That's actually the one I'm talking about. It has lots of red to it still. Um, and it has it's transitioning and it looks really cool when they transition for sure. They get yellow, green, and red. It looks, looks neat. Let's see if I can send it to you. No, I can't find it. I'm trying to grab it right now. I took Facebook off my phone because it's the devil. I never use Facebook on a computer, so like now it's all weird. <laughs> you. Why wouldn't let me? You said it was cover photo. Yeah, it was a cover photo. I'm looking at it right now. Oh yeah, that's the one that's on Instagram. I like why am it. I not? Why am I not seeing this? I don't know. Send it to you, Phil. I mean, that's your. I'm on your page. <laughs> senility is slowly creeping in. Yeah. Slowly creeping in. Still gorgeous. Oh, oh yeah. It's just a spicy emerald tree boa. <laughs> Dude, that is legit a spicy emerald tree boa. Yep. yep. Awesome. They're fun snakes. I like them a lot. Phil, when we were this morning, we were talking about the pythons, right? Yes. Everybody's talking about pythons. All of the course. Time. Like, you know, big thing. Um, so, yeah, like when I went down, I was down. I just looked. I was down December two years ago, December 27th. I was down there. I didn't expect to see a whole lot of stuff, but we actually found a cottonmouth, which was cool. Nice. Um, My man. A little guy. And uh, we were looking for Easterns. Um, you, you remember where, where you were or no? Well, I was. So I'll look it up for certain. But I'm almost positive. We honestly, we were cruising 9336 just the whole, basically the whole weekend. We, we'd hike around Flamingo and stuff and look for Crocs. And we would enjoy that. And then we'd, at night, we'd cruise 9336 um, down in Florida. Right at the tip. Let's see if I can bring up where it is. Oh yeah, I know exactly where you were. You know okay, you know that is that is Everglades National Park proper. Right, right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, but we'd cruise that, and we found some like queen snakes, you know, nice. and some other, we found an Everglades rat, which was really cool. That's um, awesome. Yeah, it was a pretty big one too. Um, you could tell that I don't know something happened to it. It had a bunch of eye in it. Uh, blood in its eye capsule which really was, yeah but it was funny that was like one of the first snakes we saw and we quick we, we were so excited we were pumped we got out we grabbed it and we were looking at it and we could only like look at it for two seconds because the mosquitoes were so bad yeah uh, it was it was horrible we were like <laughs> we like ran back in the car and we were like both like it was me and my buddy uh 
he's a big herper too. And he, uh, we, we just couldn't, we were like, this sucks because it's a really cool snake. We'd love to like take more pictures and stuff, but the yeah. mosquitoes were horrible. Yeah. yeah. Real bad. If you go into ENP anytime besides January, February, you need to have thermocell. Cause yeah. if you don't have a thermocell, you're just going to get eaten alive. Yeah. The, um, I actually, I, I don't like going down to Everglades national park unless it's specifically with, people from out of town or family from out of town just because well one if there's something i find that i want i can't collect it because it's it's a federal park it's it's national park um both legally and unethically you know um but at the same time i know that there is some uh fish and wildlife down there with some rubber snakes on string and I have friends that have actually seen what was they thought was a rough green snake. And they're like, a rough, rough green snake at 8 o'clock at night. That's bizarre. And they walk over and they're like, uh, that's rubber. And they just kind of back up and back up to the car. And they didn't touch it. But you could clear as day, clear as day see that it's a rubber snake with a with fishing line attached to it. That's pretty great, though. <laughs> so I imagine had they picked it up, it probably or gotten closer to it there may have been some red and blue lights. Who knows? We were extremely disappointed because we did see a, like a giant Nerodia and we thought it was a big cotton mouth when we were pulling up on it. It just got smashed. Like, oh, and we were devastated because we're like, Oh man, that would have been like such a cool snake to get like pictures of and like check out, you know? Um, so like and a big all, green? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, we're pretty sure that it was, it was hard to tell because it was, it was pretty squished mushed and stretched yeah. out and yeah but uh we uh also we were like i said we were looking for easterns and we were driving down the road we get to the about where we want to turn around uh we didn't really see much anything we turn around and then we're basically doubling back from where we came and we look and there's an eastern smashed on the side of the road and we were we were like we were we, were, we almost cried we were like oh, like we had to have missed it by literally five minutes and the car that we drove just drove past hit it. And we're like, Oh man, if we would have saw that snake, we could have moved it, got really cool pictures of it, you know, and it would have been awesome. But yeah, we just missed it. And we never really got that. You, know, you, you saw that at nighttime. Yeah. That was at night. Dude. So that Flamingo road, like the road to go to Flamingo, that's one of the only places that I've ever known to find Eastern Dimebacks at night. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it has a lot to do with because the the area is so brackish and because the area is so wet overall, I okay. feel like they don't want to the snakes this is just my own personal hypothesis. The snakes don't want to get caught under the blazing sun where they can't get to shade and like dry land. Gotcha. So I have a feeling that a lot of those deep deep south peninsular snakes they only move crepuscularly or even nocturnally because they, they don't want to get caught. In it. While as if you would go, you know, 50, 60 miles North, you won't find it except between two in the afternoon and, you know, six 30. That's it. That's your window. So, I mean, it's interesting. Right. That was a crazy trip though. I mean, we did see a crop. Um, cool. it, was so far, it was so far away. We could barely get like a good look at it, which is kind yeah. of disappointing, but uh, we also were looking for pythons, obviously, and we stopped at the station there. There's a ranger station. We talked to one of the rangers there, um, <laughs> and uh, 
we asked the ranger, hey, have you guys seen any like python activity at all recent? And he's like, yeah, like two days ago, there was one just here by the station. And we're like, okay. So sure. we started like looking around. But we looked so hard. We could not find a single python. Like we cruised different roads. Uh, we were looking at people who would find them like and post pictures of them. And we try to look at what kind of road it was, whether it was a dirt road or what kind of gravel it had to maybe get an idea what kind of roads they'd be hanging out by or going across. We, we cannot find anything. We actually, the ranger told us to go up a road and he said it went right to the highway. Um, so we drove up this road. It like, took about us a half hour to get to the highway was. We got there and we looked up and the highway was above us on a, on a nice, uh, <laughs> it was, we couldn't get to it. It was, you know, about yeah. up above us. Yeah. So uh, we had to drive a half hour back to get back to civilization and figure out what was going on. But nice. we almost ran out of gas too on top of that. So that was a real fun experience. But Oh, uh, yeah. It was a good time. It was a good trip. I am a little, uh, I'm a little sad you didn't call me, but. Me too. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't. I don't know why I didn't. I honestly have no idea. I should have. Yeah. It was actually the my wife's graduation is why I went down there for, cause she ended up graduating from Palm beach Atlantic then uh, where I was. And uh, I went to her graduation. She went back to Arizona and I'm like, well, I'm stuck here for another weekend. And my buddy was with me and uh, he's actually studying timbers in Texas right now. Nice. And we're like, Hey, why don't we, why don't we go herping? So we went herping that weekend and stayed in the Everglades and camped. And it was a good time. Nice. Nice. Wait, you camped in ENP in mosquito season. What? Yeah, that was fun too. We, Dude, we had you're nuts. We had a bunch of bed sheets, and what we actually ended up just doing because obviously outside was not happening, we uh, would get the bed sheets and we'd open our windows because if you left your windows closed and slept in your car, you would die of the humidity. It would be horrible yeah. in the middle of the night. So we opened our windows and we slammed the sheets in our car doors, so the sheets allowed ventilation but kept the mosquitoes out. So we kind of used them as like a mosquito net. And that's oh, how we slept. For that's brilliant. We were pretty brilliant. good. Yeah. Yeah. We were pretty proud of our discovery there. But so, wait, so, so you just, you slept in the car. Yeah. But you covered the top of the car with bed sheets. Right. So, like, imagine. So, okay. um, so just think like you put your window down, right? And right. then we draped the bed sheets over uh, the windows being open. And then we slammed the door shuts from the inside and trapped ourselves in there. And the bed sheets were like mosquito nets. And we, barely got bit at all in the middle of the night like the mosquitoes nice. on the way in or anything so that's actually smart works yeah i would have never thought of that that's brilliant it worked pretty well uh but yeah that was a good, that was just all in all a good trip we really want to go back he's coming back up and he's coming back to pa actually he wanted to go to texas to study the timbers down there because obviously the timbers down there look a lot cooler than they do up here <laughs> right um, Arguably, yep. And uh, but they're sending him back up here actually to do research on timbers instead. So he's like, "Man, like I go down there and they just send me back." I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> also, it's sn there's snow there right now where he's at. So. Oh wow. I don't know what's going on down there, but. Yep, we have a. They can keep it. Den sites of timbers, um, that we go to on like regularly and check out and everything. That's so cool, cool, man. I got to yeah. do that one day. One day. They're awesome. Yeah, you got to come up. Come check them out. They're, yeah, they're awesome. And it's almost like a guarantee. Like we go out in June, July uh, when they're in season to actually collect and we'll check them out. And uh, it's just, we always see at least 50 different 
Yeah, because you guys are allowed two per party. You can have, so you have to get it with your fishing license. You have to get your snake permit. You can have one male, and it has to be, I think, over 48 inches. So it has to wow. be. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, and it's really hard to find. I found a 46, but it was a female. So that was kind of disappointing. Um, but then a copperhead, you can just take any copperhead you find pretty much. Yeah. So. Very cool. Very cool. Dude, I can't believe that. When when was this Everglades trip, by the way? This was it was two years ago in December. Okay, so two it, years ago. Right. It wasn't this past December, but the December before. Okay. Yep. So December twenty seventh. Yeah, I don't know. Once again, I don't know why it hit you up. That would have been. That <laughs> That's cool, man. You'll be back down in no time. I'm yeah, sure. We actually we saw the cottonmouth at Loxahatchee, actually. Oh yeah, which part of Loxahatchee? The top or the bottom? Well. Uh, I don't know. It, I think it would have been the top. Yeah, because the top is closer to Palm Beach area. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. It's like Boyd Beach area. Yep. And cool. well, it has, and they had the uh, that wooden, tr- well, it was an elevated trail over the marsh. Yeah, that's Boynton Beach. Yeah, cool. Boynton Beach. Yep. We were just walking down the wooden area, and uh, my wife was actually with us at the time, and she looked and she's like, oh, look, there's a snake. Me and my buddy looked over and we're like, oh, man. It's like, it's a cotton mouse. We that's got awesome. Mouse dock and took some cool photos and stuff of it nice bro love me them swamp lions yeah yeah they're nice they're fun good stuff guys good stuff good time thanks for having me once again like i want the beaters you want the beaters (laughs) i wish they kept a lot of that like i know the like the subspecies is a lot more colorful than the horridum horridum, the exasperatum. Yeah, man, any of those heliderms when they're small, I wish they'd keep that that color and that just contrast and pattern. Yeah. You can if you just keep them on paper their whole life. Oh, that's true. The dust covers everything. The dust covers everything. Ugh. Uh, yeah. So yeah, the stripes that they have when they're juveniles is it's nice. From what I understand, these aren't adults, but they're not young either. They're they're kind of in between. So, okay. Oh, he's not giving you. I thought he was giving you the proven breeders. I I don't think so. I don't know. Oh, he made it sound like he was giving you like five foot lizards. I don't think so. Oh, okay. Don't sound so disappointed. (laughs) I want babies. Another thing with legs. Brad Clark out of nowhere, Wyoming. (laughs) <laughs> yes yes pink pink brad i want the pink speaking of clark uh i don't remember if i ever told you but when i was casey i found my first clark eye Nerodia. you mentioned it yeah and uh pictures came out blurry not worth sharing but <laughs> the dude the disposition of that animal was super just chilling man like just didn't care. Like not unlike any other Nerodia. And that was like I, I felt special. I felt like Casey when he found that glass yeah. Did it just for you. It's like oh, did. I'm gonna snuggle with Phil. Pretty much. Yep. Oh, and of course, Hendog has to bring up the Charles Bogard eye. So Yeah. Henry, I'm sharing those pictures. If you don't want me to, stop me now. No one has them. Hold on. It was funny because when you first said it, like I just couldn't remember their name. But when you sent me those pictures, I'm like, oh yeah, I've seen those before, and oh yeah, I really like them. They're, yeah, 
They're amazing. I think it's because I like the pre uh, the Solomon Island skinks so much, and they remind me of them kind of to a certain extent. Yeah. Except they're black and beaded and venomous. So. Ribbed for your pleasure. Look at that animal. Jeez. Mm. How awesome is that lizard? Yeah, that's pretty sick. Just to, once again, the tail. Man. Yeah. Definitely not like my Rio at all, like tail-wise. My, my, my tails are so much shorter. Awesome. And yes, Brad, I am a squirrel. Swat that fly asked where everyone's from, and Brad was answering. So I thought he was. Ref I thought Brad was referring to Utah Gila's, or, or excuse me, Wyoming Gila's. I should say. All right. Well, where can people find you? Find me. Yep. Um. Well. I am in Central PA. I like you can find me. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. My YouTube channel is kind of weak right now because uh, I'm actually having a bunch of construction in my house. So I haven't been able to make any videos because it's so loud. Um, but I do a lot of like right now I'm doing a lot of shows. I do like a lot of birthday parties, school shows. I've been doing some virtual shows and stuff like that. But oh, cool. I mean... If anybody's going to the Hamburg Reptile Show, I'll be there. I'm almost at Hamburg every chance I can get. Um, I used to go to the Gettysburg Show a lot, too. So, I mean, I'm free to nope. hit up. Email me. My email's on my Facebook at Scaly Sites. Um, I think it's also on my Instagram. And then my website is just at ScalySites.com, and that has my email, phone number, and stuff like that there, too. So, awesome. I'm there. I keep a lot of different stuff, that's for sure, and yeah i've kept a lot of different stuff but diversity is the spice of life that's it right. is that's it right is. i try to keep it pretty diverse but at the same time i try to focus it down i get a lot of animals like i have a nile monitor right now that people just why because people dump them off <laughs> on the film man like oh, this right, guy, right. like the local pet shop sells them and i'm like man i'm just i don't have to even think about even considering getting them not like i'd want to right but i mean people, people just end up giving them to me and they're like i don't know what to do with this now monitor here you go and i'm just i'm picking up a retake this week from somebody that can't have it so i mean i just get stuff you wonder yeah. why people even bother selling them anymore like you would yeah. think people would start getting wise to the whole like this thing isn't going to do well this person's just going to end up giving it away like i'm not going to bring them in anymore but I'm getting a, a pretty nice iguana too this week as well, but I'm not going to spoil what it was. You'll have to follow my sites to figure out what kind of iguana. Nice. So, Keep them wanting more. I'm excited Man. for it. It's it's definitely something different for me. I've kept greens in the past. I haven't liked keeping them, but I think I'm going <laughs> to. I didn't so, enjoy them, but I had no, them. I had them. <laughs> All right. Well, how can I ask this? What color is it right now? It's brown. It's just brown. Oh, okay. It's brown. But it's still super cool. Brown could be cool. Okay. Brown is very cool. Yeah. Khaki. That's where it's at. Khaki. Yep. Yep. Phil loves some some earth tones. I do love me the earth tones. Oh my 
all that terrestrial fossorial stuff. That's why you like it. Look, if it's if it's khaki, tan, taupe, or, or any beige, or beige, I'm in. Yeah, did I tell you I got a I got a puff? Mm. I, I got a little no. puff. Yeah. Uh, what kind was, of puff? What? Which what locality? I have no Phil. I have no African. idea. African. Yeah, it was, it's not even technically mine. It was one of those deals where I was training a guy, right? And yeah. he went to Hamburg with me and he just walks up and he's like, first of all, I stopped training him. So let that be known. But yeah. uh, he walks point. up and he's like, uh, hey, I bought this snake. And I look down and he has this little puff in his hands. I'm just like, hey, we got to go. You can't be carrying that around this show. Uh and uh, so we left, but yeah. So now I, I got stuck with this little puff adder. Nice, nice. Really, What's it look like? Not really me. It's like a puff uh, adder. It's a puff ah. adder. Yeah, it's just wild type puff adder. It it honestly, it doesn't look that fancy. It it just looks like you're run of the mill. It's a little, it's small, and I had to force feed it already. Every really? Single, yes, every single you're feeding. Kidding. What are you What are you feeding it? Pinkies. Well, pinkies. That's your problem. Why? What? What do you throw? Feed throw a live hopper in there. I had a live pinky in there. I don't know if he could eat a live. He's pretty small. Look, if it whatever, you know they say like you know match the size of the head. Yeah. Double it. Oh, okay. Yeah. They're the Pac Man's of the snake world. They're, they are the Pac Man's of the snake world. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I never. I never kept any. Uh, I mean, I the most I ever worked with like rhinos or anything was with you and Nazacornis was with yeah. you. I mean. I took, care of, I took care of a few kaboons and stuff, but never really had to do all yeah, of them. Yeah, you, you remember that uh, those crazy blue Congo Nezicornis I had? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Out of the blue, man. No pun intended. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, dude, send me pictures of the Puffy. I will. I'll send you pictures of him. Yeah. Um, and, uh, dude, it, realistically, like we make, we make jokes about like double the size I of the hope head. He sends you pictures of Puff Daddy. <laughs> right p diddy so whatever the, the 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 thickest part of the body is when, when we're talking about like small baby prey stuff whether it be fuzzies or hoppers or whatever whatever the thickest part of the of the biggest body is that's what i'll feed so like if it looks like it could if it looks like the body's about as thick as a fuzzy i'll give it a fuzzy or a hopper but i i prefer to give them something that's moving to kind of right. catch their attention and so I would say, yeah, and, and snapping. Jasmine. My only thing is, is that I just noticed once again he's like a normal baby snake. He's just freaking scared of everything, mm. like everything. I did have, I have a, I had a live pinky in there at one point, but you know, like pinkies don't move around that much. Yeah, you know, the yeah. live pinky in there is just gonna squirm on its back and not do anything. Yeah. Or if you want, if you have a good set of long hemostats, just get a mm-hmm. a, a, a fr- frozen thawed fuzzy, you know, one of those like more plump fuzzies. And just and just tease him, you know, and just like touch it to his nose, touch it to his tail, touch it to his nose, touch it to his tail. I tried that one. No, no dice. No, no dice. No, I All have right. a nice little, I have a nice little uh, foam pad that I use, and I, I, oh. make, it, I make it work. Yeah. All right. I don't like it though, and like you said, I'll probably try the live hopper just just to see a live fuzzy, just to see. Uh, yeah, you want something that's moving. Because. Obviously, the stress is not good for yeah. me or the snake, especially right. a snake that small is yeah. probably, in my opinion, more dangerous than working with a 
full size cobra of any kind. So yeah, because you gotta get so close. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah. If anything, too, uh, you can also get um uh, get a, a small Tupperware mm-hmm. if you're comfortable, you know, delying it or Tupperware containering the snake. Get a, a small Tupperware and just throw them in there with a live hopper of, of appropriate size, right? Right, right. And uh, nothing that could, in theory, bite and or hurt the snake, and uh, and leave them in that Tupperware because that confined space. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, that mouse is bound to bounce around in there, which will piss them off and hopefully instigate something. I had to do that with a hognose one time, and it worked. Oh, good, cool, man. Yeah, awesome, good stuff. Yep. Yeah, that's the nice thing about those Glad Tupperwares. They have that little circle on top, so you could like grab that. Mm. Yeah, and you, can, yeah. you know, it's true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you again for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, yeah, it was man. a great time. It was fun, and I'm gonna me. be watching all your guys' stuff here on out pretty much so you'll see me in chat it's also on spotify soundcloud itunes google podcasts pretty much anywhere i don't even there's some other platforms that it's on i don't even know how it got there but it's there Uh, yeah yeah, it's on amazon yeah i don't i never uploaded to amazon like i guess it just automatically pulls it from some other sites or whatever but whatever it's easy to find i have spotify so i'll probably i didn't know you guys were on spotify so i'll probably Mm -hmm. do that sure cool awesome well thank you everyone for partaking listening enjoying hopefully check them out i got that mirrored thing down pat i know me too see how quick i I was on the draw on that one boy (laughs) there's got a whole box of shh with your name on it there and we'll be back with thp this week we had us a nice little little sabbatical don't know who will have, but it will happen. So it will be epic. We will see everyone later. See ya. Good night. Good night.